welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host, Siri Sensei We are on episode number 133 As always, you can give this podcast a listen On SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes When iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review You can also listen to us on Spotify As well as Google Play Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And of course, as always, I'm joined with my co host Antaku. What's going on, man? <sighs> Pretty miserable. How about you? Yeah, not the. <laughs> I look forward to doing most podcasts. Um, this card. Mm. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I was rewatching fights this morning. I was like, man, we actually have to talk about this, and like try to make <laughs> try to make something of of what happened. I mean, I mean, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. It is a early rainy morning. Um, I'm not going to let that mess up my day and try to go to the barbershop, get a nice haircut. That'll make me feel better. There we go. Um, Get get um, fresh. Yeah. You know. Everything everything except this car is going to make me happy this weekend, hopefully. Uh, Oh, Um, wait. We we started off the last show talking about Disney Plus. So let's go back to movies real quick. I'm sure you've seen the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, movie trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, it's looking rough. I feel bad for those animators because they have to go because it was the response was so bad. The director was like, "We're gonna go back and redo the film in six months." Yeah, that, yeah, that, and that that means for all those animators, that's probably a lot of overtime hours that they might not get paid. I hope. Yeah, 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 and the worst thing the worst thing about it is. They're gonna, go they're gonna go back and try to fix it, and like at and like, best, best you're gonna get a decent Sonic, but it's the movie's still gonna be trash. So it's gonna be like that we was going back and making him better, even worth the time and effort, because that movie. I mean, all right, it's a trailer. It's hard to say, but I'm just go out on a limb and say that movie has a lot more problems than just Sonic. I mean, yeah, it looks like garbage. It looks like generic garbage, which is the worst type of garbage. Like. It looks like your typical late '90s, early 2000s kids movie, where the military's involved for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic was like a muskrat. This, this was like. I just. Because you, like, here's the thing. Like, th- there are a shit ton of talented artists who work at, 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 like, as like character designers and animators and cleanup artists on these projects. And you know, they constantly went to, like, the director or the producer and were like, hey, this is terrifying. Can we please just redo the, like, can we just, like, 
go with one of these other designs that we have laying around. And the producer's like, no, we're going to go with this one because this is the one that looks the most real, I guess. Yeah, if, if you can call it. Point being, the animators will have to go back and do six months of work, like two years of work in six months. And they probably all knew the entire time that this design was terrible and like this was probably a point of contention. And, oh my, like, it's so, it's so stupid. Like, it's just a yeah, reminder that the people in charge of a lot of these like decisions whether it be entertainment or otherwise, they're just kind of really stupid and don't know what they're doing. But they have opinions, and that's how they get jobs. Because they're like the loudest person in the room. I, I, just, don't I, I just don't get 2019 in 2019 how like, how, like things like this still happen. happen. Like, there's no way, there's no way the you look material. at the source material <laughs> and then look at what you did. I was like, yeah, this is, like, yeah, this is good. This is fine. Yeah. This I mean, this is what you do when you're embarrassed by the source material. You just end up embarrassing yourself. Jesus Christ. And it's not like Sonic's design is even, like, crazy complicated. Like, it's the only reason this game still sells. Sonic is, like, 95% um, just design. Killing like people. All right. I get to run around with this little cool, fast blue hedgehog. So... That so I I love Coolio. Oh my god! Oh my god! Why? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who that. was that for? I don't uh, know what game. Uh, Paradise. Not only that. Not only that. It just it didn't even. It did nothing. It did nothing for the trailer. Like it did absolutely nothing for the trailer. It didn't match up. It wasn't funny. It, I, I love, I, I love Game Paradise. At, at my job, when we have somebody who plays music. That's like the one song I just like to request, and then I put my headphones back in. I just want to hear it like one time a day because I like it. But I don't want to hear that with Sonic. That that that, that no, no, no. Uh, y'all have fun. I'm skipping out on that movie. Well, I wanted was a trailer with like Escape from the City or some other Crush Forty song on there, and they couldn't even give me that. Right, and Sonic has one of the best, like, gaming soundtracks. Yes, like, that's the one consistently good thing about Sonic. Yeah, y'all could have ripped one of those songs and just, even made, like, another version of it, like, made it uh, updated, but it still kept the same instrumental, just, I don't know, you could have did something. Just completely missing the mark, swinging a miss. Point being, I'm going to go see Detective Pete. I've heard that's been getting good reviews. Yes, I've heard. I've heard. I'm still iffy on that movie. Ron Reynolds' Pikachu to me is still weird. But in the end, it, it, it looks leagues better. I can tell at least Detective Pikachu. They they paid attention to the source All of Pokemon. Pokemon actually do look really cool. So, yeah. Detective Pikachu might be worth a watch. Sonic, though. Watch at your own risk. Uh, you might be asking for a refund afterwards. But really, if you go into it, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah, if you're going into it at this point, you're going into it because you expect it to be bad. Yeah. And you want to see it. You're in a train wreck. That's your kind of thing. That's your kind of thing. It's like going to see a Transformers movie by Michael Bay or something. Like your hate watching this. 
That's what I do with every Fast and Furious movie. Oh, I'm gonna go see Hobbs and Shaw. I'm gonna hate myself for it. But. That movie looks so bad, but so good at the same time. I just like mindless action. I'm trying to think of like the last time we got this like an overt of a buddy. It's um, what was it? The one with uh. Oh, you're thinking of the yeah, other guys? Yeah, the other guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We also had the rock. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, and the rock was in that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's <laughs> it's kind of like his. <laughs> that's like his niche, man. That's he. He just fits well in those. He he fits well in those. Yeah. It works. They're gonna have my money. Sadly. So I'll, I'll, don't, yeah. don't worry, guys. Don't, don't worry, guys. If you see Hobbs and Shaw, it's not I'll, just you. I'll, I'll be there too. I'll, I'll be there. Real quick before we actually get started, did you hear the story of the parrot in Brazil? No. What is this? Okay. Oh boy. All right. So, um, sorry, listen. We're gonna drag out this intro because I'm not gonna lie to y'all. This card, I. Yeah, we'll get to it. We're not anyway. good to three hours today. No. No. <laughs> so, um, and I'm paraphrasing the story because I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But uh, anywho, so I think this was like last, sometime last week. Um, in Brazil, there was a couple. Uh, they were drug dealers. I think they sold like marijuana, cocaine, whatever, whatever. So they're in the house chilling, so on and so forth. They have a pet parrot, and apparently the parrot is the lookout. So, Favo rolls up, and the parrot yells out, I think they said in quote, Mama Policia. <laughs> so, but the parrot was too late. They, I think the couple still got caught. They, um, yeah, they, they got caught with like, I don't know how much marijuana and coke they had on, but they got arrested. But they also arrested the parrot, because the parrot was the lookout. So the parrot got detained. But the parrot, the in the most gangster fashion, did not sniff at all. Like, he, he was the like lookout, and he talked to them, but they said when he locked the parrot up, he didn't say a word. He was probably depressed as shit. And I think they put him in a zoo, I guess. I think that's what I read, because, you know, the owners are in, you know, they're arrested, so they threw the parrot in the zoo, which sucks. But I don't know that parrot's name, but shout-out to that parrot for holding it down. Um... <laughs> I just when I read the headline, it sounded like because the, the headline was like parrot is arrested for um for uh, tipping off drug dealer owners, and I was like, this sounds like a story from like the Onion, and then I clicked on it, and it was like from NBC. I was like, oh, this is real. So shout out to that parrot. He didn't he didn't snitch. He didn't break under the pressure. Hope he's doing okay in that zoo though. That kind of sucks. That sucks, but that was just, but a, that was just a wild headline. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. Let's uh, let's get the show started. Firstly, before we get to news and all that good stuff, shout out to the listeners as always, Twitter folk, Tumblr folk, wherever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate you. Remember to always share with a friend, fellow fight fan, text it to somebody, email it to somebody, put it in like your work inbox. 
you can be that one annoying person who actually does hit reply all to the emails and just link the podcast to everybody. There you go. There you go. It's all for the cause. But um, no, man, you you guys, you know, post share. It helps us out a lot. And definitely leave reviews if you. Tune in every week. We deserve, we, we deserve a review for this week for even talking about this uh this, this car that we're going to talk about. Cause this is not going to be. But anywho, but anywho top, top listeners for the week. Uh, number one uh, was Lady Lake, Florida. Number two, Everett, Washington. Number three, San Leandro, California. Number four, very randomly, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And number five, uh, London in the UK. So, shout outs to you guys, American listeners, international listeners. Wait, did I ever? Yeah, I went on my WWE rant. Just letting them go in there. Ah. Yeah. Tune back in. No problem. You guys. No problem with the normal people just chilling, trying to get their MMA fix. Guys are stuck now. Gotta stay here. You can't leave. Yeah, doors closed. Lock, you're here for at least like another week. And we might let you go outside for like water or something. I think, but. I think what we're learning is if we talk down to our audience, they will continue to <laughs> That's when they, That's show, when up. they show up. <laughs> I don't know. We, we lost, lost Egypt for a while. I mean, we didn't talk about Egypt for a while. That is true. That is true. What are they turning out that, that, that interests us here on this show? Where's the pyramid fight? fight this, this is not a soccer podcast. We we can't talk of we can't talk about Mosul. Nah. Get it together. Get it together, Egypt. Do better. Do better. Get a champion. <laughs> <laughs> Be like Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's setting the example over there. You guys are you guys are slacking. Somebody from Egypt's gonna fight us. That's the. Top listeners for the week. Um, so pretty much how this show is gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go through some news and notes for the week, which isn't many, but some of the news is like kind of some heavy hitter announcements. So it'll be some news worth talking about. Um, talk a little bit of Bellator. Um, run through a little bit of Evicta. I'll give a shout out to one championship, but I can't really talk about the car because I didn't really get to see any of it, and that one was on Bleacher Report. So. Don't know how that works. That one I could not watch on the app. But whatever. But whatever. That's whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, and then we have a little news bit from one championship uh, regarding something they're doing over there. Um, and then we will get Ty Quinson versus Cerrone, which outside of the main event, not not a lot happening. But uh, we'll we'll get there when we get there. So starting off with news and notes for the week. Uh, probably the biggest fight announcement, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic 2 will be going down at UFC 241. Um, from what I've read, it seems like, I guess Brock has retired, quote-unquote, even though he's not really active. We can get back to that later, but yeah. Brock for now was out of the picture. Um, so DC, and as soon as that came out, like DC Stipe 2 got made pretty much, I feel like right after the... Brock decided, I guess he's not really going to be around anymore, so we'll be getting that rematch soon. Uh, also, going down at UFC Greenville, a uh, duo fight announcement. Uh, their headliner, which is going to be really awesome, 
Kanato Morikano versus zombie, Korean Zombie. And then also on, the on that same card, we will have Brian Barbarino versus, versus Randy Brown. On that UFC 239, we'll have Claudia Gadelia against Ryan DeMarcos. On that UFC 238, Angela Hill, who just fought like three seconds ago, she's already back. Uh, as a replacement again, she'll be fighting Zhao Nanyan. I think she's actually replacing Herrick. Well, want to say Tor like a... Tor ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. I hope she recovers from that. Yeah, that's... That's one of those injuries, man. You you don't want to see people get that because it's sometimes you're never really the same after you, you know, you gotta go through one of those. But apologies behind there, but I don't know if you know the same millionaire at like right. Yeah. Oh, for the best, like she really come alive like the last few years, like she's. Been the fight for the title, but she's definitely been a she, she's she's basically like a long career just being a gatekeeper. Yeah, you know, that's that you could turn that into other things, but well, we'll hopefully, she, hopefully, hopefully she definitely well wishes. Hopefully she recovers well from that. But shout out to Angela Hill who just. Taking any replacement fight, she literally just fought like a week or two ago. She's already back. Um, I guess real quick, because that's pretty much all I got for fight announcements. Well, I guess I'll mention this real quick, because I think we did talk about Nico Montano. We've talked about her at least within like the last two podcasts, maybe like sparingly, but I feel like we did. joked about like fighting again, yeah, or at least not in the UFC. Signs are pointing that uh, she will be back, um, and apparently, I guess due to the weight loss fiasco, um, I saw an article on Sherdog. It looks like she's coming back, and she's going to go up to Bantamweight. Uh, no opponent uh, named as of yet, but it looks like that's going to be the move, but she did post, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Instagram, um, she even posted herself that she has a fight announcement coming up soon, so it does look like something's in the work. So I guess we were wrong. Nico... They live to fight another day in the UFC. Just won't be after a lot. I mean, I know that like a lot of people just straight up hate her because uh, fans anyway straight up hate her because of like the whole that fiasco. Like, guess she failed the drug test. Um, and then like the whole Valentina Shevchenko fight not being made. But like, I, I think Montaigne still has like a really interesting story, and she's still super young. Like, she only had like six fights. A sick fights in in her career, and and one thirty five is kind of bad. Yeah, so like like if she puts together a few wins, she's because if Amanda Nunes is going to be splitting her time in some way or featherweight, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll 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 keep an eye on Nico. See what she does. Um. I guess real quick to go back before, back before uh, 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 oh, no, no, I'll, I'll move no, down to wrestling news and I'll, I'll go back to DC Stipe too. Um, so that was all I had for, had for UFC fight announcements. Um, Bellator has a few uh, fights coming up. Uh, one of their big ones, uh, definitely be in front of a TV, well, say a laptop more so, <laughs> when this happens. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell too. Uh, their rematch will happen at Bellator 222, and also on that card, 
Uh, we'll have Ricky Bandejas versus Patrick Mix. Well, I want to say King of the Cage champion. He's a champion in some organization. Don't quote me on which one. But um, definitely looking forward to Horaguchi Caldwell too. I just have a feeling that this fight is going to be a true feel it. Just, I, I just feel like we're, we're going to get a third one out of this. But that that's going to be awesome. It'll be just dope to see. Horaguchi's just... We say this every time I mention the name. Post-UFC fight career, man. The man's just been winning that life. Um, Demetrius Johnson. Like, look, yeah. actually just outside yeah. of Demetrius Johnson's career. Yeah. It's... I, was, well, I can't even say it's Chin. He's over there fighting. After prison car didn't do the numbers they wanted to do. They were actually down. But he's still fighting in front of millions of more people than if he had been stayed in the UFC. He's probably making a S ton more money. Right. And, I'd imagine, and I'd imagine, you know, I mean, pretty, I mean, obvious, pretty obvious, obvious, probably much more appreciated over there, <laughs> over there yeah, than he was here. I, I hope yeah. Ryzen, um, you know, whatever happens with Caldwell and uh, the Bellator family title, I hope Ryzen is able to capitalize and get some of these dudes who are being cast off the UFC. Like, they just got Ben Wynn. Like, I know, um, you, and you probably have it in your notes, but Brandon Moreno um, just signed with uh, LFA. Like, I, that's a guy I hope Ryzen's able to get a fight oh, out of. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Did not know yeah. that. Uh, Assassin that's, Baby that's... is in LFA, and he, he's fighting for the title in June, but I believe he's going to be going up to Bantamweight so he can try to get back in the UFC. Which, I I understand why he would do it, but I I'd love to see him fight in one or, um, Ryzen or even Combate. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he, the dude's got to do what he thinks best. But like, they they're, they're going to be cast offs, and like, I hope they're able to pull some of these dudes in and like get them, get him some. Gonna run through it, everybody. Yeah, and I, 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 shout out to Ryzen and Bellator. Like I, I appreciate these organizations that are willing to do. Yeah, they're they're trying and they're like you said for Horiguchi, he's running through everybody, so they're doing their best to bring in like the top competition that they can find. And it's dope that they can go to other organizations and like we can get these kind of fights. I will say I have one critique. Bellator 222. Can you tell me what the main event is? Pretty sure it's that one. It's Machida versus Sonnen. Ah! Ah! <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, Machida, Sonnen, those are the big names. It's Madison Square Garden. You want a crowd to come out, but, like, this is the stuff where the Bellator titles just don't mean anything because they're underneath a fight between two 40-year-old men who are five years past being relevant. Uh, See, I'll give Bellator props, and then gotta gotta walk it back. Rory McDonald, Jimmy Gracie is the more anticipated fight. They might be willing to. I don't know. Jeez. No, our tickets are ridiculously expensive, and I can't afford that. So I need you guys to not buy tickets till the week of. So they're forced to drop them to like twenty, thirty dollars so I can go. Because Madison Square Garden's like twenty minutes from my house. There you go. 
go. There you go. Let's go. Be down for the cause. Be down for the cause. Ignore this car, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's on a Friday, until, too. Up until... Yeah, it's Friday. Damn. That's bizarre. Criminal. Machida and Son and... Uh, the disrespect. The disrespect. But, but nonetheless, none none that's, that's, that's going to be an amazing fight. Uh, sticking uh, with the champion versus champion theme and Ryzen. We have another cross-promotion champion versus champion bout. Invicta FC will be sending their Atomweight champ, Jin Frey, over to Ryzen. And he'll be fighting Ayaka Hamasaki at Ryzen 16 in a champion versus championship bout. Yep. So that should be fun. That should be fun. Um, and that's actually, and that's actually <laughs> all I have for, uh, for uh, news and notes. Uh, I, guess um, I guess I'll go up real quick. Real quick, just to touch back on DCC Phase 2. You, you think this goes any different than the first I mean, fight? Potentially, like the thing that got uh, Stipe knocked out was his, like, something we actually saw in another heavyweight battle today, uh, last night, um, just like him getting hit off the break in, a, in the clinch. Which is just something I guess he's just not used to a heavyweight, um, and that's something that's I don't want to say easily fixable, but like that's something you could pay attention to the second time around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's not like uh, uh, that, that's something, and they've had a year to train it out of him. Um, so like I, I could potentially see this fight going deeper, and then we get like a better idea of like okay, what how does DC match up over twenty five minutes, but. I'd be reluctant to not pick the dude who, hey, who's fought since then and had like a pretty much spotless performance, um, and be the dude who won by knockout in the first time in the first round. So, you know, I, I'm picking DC. I, I don't think he knocks Stipe out in the first round again. It's probably a bit more competitive and goes deep, deeper into the fight, but I, I, I'm hesitant. To pick Steve A, having not seen him since he got knocked out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, much the same. I think we'll get a we'll get a more competitive outing. But I think but it's going to still end with DC winning, winning whether it be they go all five or maybe DC catches him in like the third. Um, that dude is just. And, and people give him a lot of hate because of John Jones, but literally outside of the John Jones fight, the man has been. Pretty much flawless. Yeah. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't have much. There's not really many people I would really favor over him. Not named John Jones. Basically, not not too many. Like Stipe, by the time this fight has this fight happened, Stipe would not have fought in like 13 months. And we're talking about a dude who's had cardio issues in the past. Like that's how he got knocked out by Steph Struve. That's how he lost the first uh, the first JDS fight, and he, it hasn't really been a problem because he figured out how to stop guys and how you know, he, he work his wrestling in there a little bit more against like guys like Mark Hunt, so he can fight deeper into fights. But I'm I'm curious how that goes against DC, who we know can go five rounds, a hard five, a hard yeah. five rounds, and he and he will set a pace. So uh, yeah, that's that should be fine. I'm just curious if, if this is still going to be DC's last fight. Like I, I don't see any reason for it not to be. But if he was looking for that one big payoff at the end of his career, I, I wonder does he stick around for like a Jones three? Does does he like 
try to egg Brock Lesnar on to come out of retirement. Yeah, those, those are yeah, really those the only... I mean, there are other fights I would I, like I to see. Mind I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a DC and Ganu. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Just to see just how that, see how that would play out, but I don't know if that's, know if that's a quote-unquote, like, unquote, money fight. Like money fight. But, yeah, but, outside of... Jones and, yeah, and, and like Lesnar are like the only two money fights where a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of odds are going to be on that if they, they fight again, if they but, fight again. But it's not like DC's like DC's going to make million plus, probably more than two million dollars off this fight. So like it's not like he's leaving without a paycheck. It's just right. there's a right. difference between two million dollars and like six to seven million dollars. Yeah. And I'm yeah. pretty sure. And his, I'm pretty sure his post. Fight fight career is going to treat him pretty well. I think we talked about it before, but like Fox wanted to get him to do SmackDown commentary. Like, there's a dude who has options. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be hearing from him for years and years to come. And like really looking into hindsight in his whole career, it actually has been really awesome how it's played out. Like, I've had my fair share of jokes at Cormier. Because um, he's just like the, the super dad. He is the daddest dad. He is very corny, and I love that about him. <laughs> but like, literally just going back to the Strike Force days, like he got into Strike Force as like an alternate in that heavyweight tournament, and dude just came in and just blazed through everybody, tossed Josh Barnett on his head, like. He just came in and gave everybody the news. And then it was still, I mean, Daniel Cormier's like, what? How old? Like, almost 40? Or is 40? He is about to be 40. Yeah, it's kind of wild that he got into MMA so late. Like, he was like mid 30s, I think, by the time he got. When he was in the Strike Force, he had to have been in like his mid 30s. Or maybe early. I don't know. Early 30s. Yeah. What? 20. 2013, 2014? Something like that. Something like that. It was 2013 when he fought Deion Starring, which was after the tournament. So it was 2012. So seven years ago. He is 40. He just turned 40 uh, two months ago. So he would have been like 33. Yeah, that's normally when guys are, like, you're still good athletically, but those next couple years are supposed to be, like, you're, you're supposed to start falling off, albeit heavyweight doesn't, heavyweight don't know, and still catching Ezekiel jokes, like, right, but it's just wild that he got into MMA so late and did so well, and it's not like he was, like, just squeaking by fights, like, most of his fights are pretty dominant outside of the, outside losses, of the that losses that he's had. Most of, them most of them are pretty dominant. So, yeah, his, so, career, yeah, his career has just been actually pretty pretty awesome. Pretty outside awesome. Of outside of the Jones fights, he's, the dude's been pretty much, been pretty much spotless. Um, and actually, speaking of a post-fight um, careers, I didn't write this down, but I just kind of remembered it because I saw it in like a passing article. Um, hear about uh, Babalu? Uh, yeah. I saw Shane Cohen yeah. on uh, Reddit on RMMA trying to get <laughs> trying to ask in contact with him so he can like but yeah I, I'm not surprised I'm not like so, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what he said 
I'm sure everybody yeah. can hear it. Yeah. I mean, so for people who don't know, you know, maybe you're a younger fan. But Bob Babalu, man, he's one of those guys who he's been around for, well, obviously retired now, but, you know. Back in the heydays when, like, 205 was actually, like, exciting. That's, that's where all the fun was. Um, Babalu was one of those guys that was, like, in that mix of, you know, of that elk, of, of that era. But, you know, after a long career, and I want to say he, he retired, like, years ago. Um, but yeah, he, but yeah, he pretty, much came, pretty much came out and said that now he he has CT. He, has CT. he thinks he has CT. And he, I, yeah, I don't well, he, think yeah. there's. A, we, yeah. we, I think we mentioned it once, but there was a study done up in Boston, and they think they have like er, they found early markers for CT. But as of right now, there's no official consensus way to detect CT while you're alive. Yeah, but he basically, but he basically is saying he has like the symptoms of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That the NFL had in the movie concussed by Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, he, said uh, he pretty much pretty much. I'll just, uh, I'll just read a quote. Uh, today uh, today I, can't I can't walk a straight line. line. I lost sight of my left eye, which is a big price to pay. I have no balance today. My balance is almost zero. He said when I'm fighting, when I'm in a jiu-jitsu tournament or in training, it feels my balance is normal again, but it's complicated on a daily basis. Uh, but the guys that start, fighting, that start have fighting have to know that the price they pay will come one day. For everyone, people only talk about the good thing, the good things today, what they have accomplished, what happened, what, happened, what about what you've lost, and what happened to you. And then pretty much goes on to say um, how he probably wouldn't, he didn't, he wouldn't want his children to get into MMA or like combat sports. Um, and then I thought of the incident and other quotes he. He mentions kind of more, and we've brought this up before, kind of about, you know, some gym cultures aren't the best, where you got guys who are fighting in gym and just going crazy hard in practice, and getting knocked out in practice, and they still got to go out and fight, like a real fight, like, you know, the next week or the next day or whatever, whatever. So he brought things like that up, but basically said, yeah, he's starting to feel those effects. And I wanted to bring this up because... Like MMA, and like MMA, and in compared to compared a lot of other sports, a lot of other sports in general, like it's still young. like really young. So we're, we're kind of so we're, we're kind of just now of, seeing a lot of the guys that we grew up watching are now really are now really starting to hit that age where like, kind of like these kind of problems really start to become prevalent. Um, reference. Oh, this sport really is. Um, do you remember Igor Vovchenko? Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah, I remember the name. First yeah. MMA um, had his run back in like the earth of the late ninety or mid to late nineties, early two thousands. Following the first few Pride cards. Um, guess how old he is? Uh, he is forty five years old. Mm. Mm. And that seems like forever ago. You know how Sakuraba's forty nine. These guys are not that old. Yeah. Yeah. I asked one. I was like, "Ask people on top of like, hey, do you know somebody you watched who? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Do you know somebody from MMA?" 
who you watch, who is now like 60 years old. And they came up with like three or four people. Like, how old is I'm like 60. He's probably like mid 50s. 55 years old. Yeah. And he was yep. old when he was old, like. Right. Old, right. <laughs> like, this boy is so young. These guys are so untrue to what when they get into the 40s and the 60s. And it's. It's and it's worse, it's I would worse, say, in MMA, I would say in MMA, probably compared to, probably a, lot compared to a lot of other sports because they don't make, they don't make money the money that, you know, I mean, ha- having, having CTE, any having any of that sucks on any level, no matter how much money you're making. But it probably helps that you can at least afford to pay for your treatments and, you know, well, right, whatever help you may need, you're financially able to take care of it. I know there was a lot of criticism of, um, Oh, like the was the NFLPA doctor, the the players' yeah. association doctor, yeah. like at, like movie. Um, was one of the antagonists in the movie. What was that? Oh, I don't know what happened. I still hear you though, but it just went um, blank. Um, he was one of the antagonists. And I know there's like a lot of bat, a lot of criticism on me that way, but that's more than a lot of fighters have. <laughs> like, remember Marcus Brunich? Yeah. Who was like, yeah. I can't afford rent. I, I have to like work another job to afford rent. Average USC fighter, you might train all year round, they fight on average like 1.5 times a year, probably less than that now, because there are like over 600 fighters on the roster. But, like, it's scary. Like, you... you and he's just broken. And with nothing to show for it. Alright. Alright. And... And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's sad as it is to say, I, I don't think any of us are holding our breath about the UFC looking after them. After they've... You know. You know. And, and that's the thing. Like, you, the only way the UFC looks after you is if you're, like, Dana White's friend. If you're like Chuck Liddell or Forrest Griffin, like, where are all the dudes that Chuck and, like, Forrest fought who were in the UFC for five to right. six years, five, six years, and then left or retired or did, went to go do something else? Like, what what's left for them? Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring that up, just just to keep in people's mind that this is a relatively young sport, but you know, within like the next five to ten years, a lot of those guys that we grew up watching will be hitting, you know, we might see more stories of this happening, because a lot of those guys are really now starting to hit that age where it's really going to start to affect them. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Well, you hope for the best, but... Parsons? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, passed away way too soon. Um, only 20, what, 5, 26 years old? And mm-hmm. he, like, they, he, he was diagnosed with CTE after he died. Like, 
two years. All right. All right. Too much. You guys. I mean, clean fighters, but I don't even really know what. I don't even really can give any advice. It, it almost seems like it's like I'm a. We we revel in it now because it's entertaining. But my guy, what is a guy like Justin Gaethje gonna look like when he's like fifty? No, like, Justin Gaethje, I'll like, tell you, he doesn't think he'll make it to fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> man, man, it's it's rough, but. Best wishes, best wishes to Babalu. Well, hopefully, guys look out. I, I hope yeah. he gets in touch. I yeah. hope Shane Carwin gets in contact with him because that he said he wanted to and like to give him uh, information on a doctor who's been helping him because Carwin says he's been going to, I, I not the exact same thing but similar things. So I, I and I, I guess this doctor's helped him. But yeah, I, I really hope somebody's looking out for him. That's, that's, yeah. the that's, that's the best you can hope. Hopefully these fighters in general. Hopefully these fighters in general. Just, look, look, out you know, look, look out for each other. Look out for At the end of the day, they all... You know, y'all you know, are kind of like going same. through the same oh, thing. No, you all know how it is, so... where they should, they'd have union and then they'd have a pension and then, like, after UFC, like, what LPA has. A long way from... from that... But that was that story. That was that story. And, the last story um, and the last story we'll uh, move on to before we get to the fights. Um, one championship. They've been making some noise lately. Not for all the right reasons. But yeah. The cards have been great. Um, outside of the cards, you look at what they're doing within the organization. Uh, some interesting things happening to say you got to scratch your head a little bit. Yeah, this. I'll just, I'll just read and then we'll we'll dive right, into it. So I'm I'm reading this straight from their website. Uh, website. This was the press release that was uh, released on April 29th, 2019. Uh, entitled "One Championship Strengthens Its Agent Certification." So I'm just gonna read like the first paragraph and I'm gonna skip down to the bottom of the requirements and eligibility uh, are concerned. So uh, the largest global. Uh, sports media property in Asia. One championship has increased requirements. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I knew. I tried to breeze through that because I knew you. But continuing, they 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 like to toot their own horn. <laughs> has increased uh, requirements and standards for the one agent certification program. The One Agent Certification was originally created to establish uniform standards of eligibility and conduct for all agents, managers, and or advisors seeking to work with One Athlete. This program ensures that minimum requirements are met and maintained before an agent, manager, and or advisor is eligible to work with a One Athlete. All agents representing any One Championship athlete must be accredited with the One Agent Certification. One championship reserves the right to revoke or deny the accreditation of any agent at its sole discretion. Now to skip down, because after that's a bunch of quotes and stuff I don't really care about. But here's the criteria uh, for one to be a certified agent under this new uh, program or what so have you. So, must currently be a resident in Asia for at least one year. No prior criminal record. 
no history of ongoing matters of legal or lawsuit activity with any athlete, a minimum of 10 years of related experience in the martial arts industry, and you must possess a college or university degree. Um, I'll just hand this off to you. After you read this, uh, what was the first? <laughs> what's the first thought that that popped in your head? Well, Mike, I don't know if you're union, but I'm union. I'm I'm a I'm a, tech, I'm a city employee. I I have a union. I have a representative. We have a lawyer. You know. All, all, so what? Governor of New Jersey decided that his personal lawyer would be the head of my union. <laughs> that might that that might create a conflict of interest when it came time to negotiate contracts, wouldn't it? Indeed. So when one decides that, hey, the only managers we'll do business with are guys who get our certification, our okay. All it tells me is that they're basically just they're basically dealing in bad faith, and they don't want any actual hardball negotiations. They just want they they just want to. This is not good. Yeah, yeah. This. When I, when, I, when I saw this, at, at surface level, you could look at this, you're just to play devil's advocate, I guess, to, to, be, to even be slightly optimistic. But on a surface level, you could look at this and say, well, all right, they they only want reputable, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to limit the amount of, there are shady agents out there. So maybe they're just trying to, they're trying to curb that a little bit. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I, I can support that. But once you pretty much look a little deeper into this, it to me it to me it it sounded like a really huge just control grab, like like we're you know basic and I don't know we'll have to see how it plays out. But to me this is almost because the, the sentence that stood out to me uh, was that last sentence I mentioned earlier where it says they reserve the right to revoke or deny the accreditation of any agent at its own discretion. I just feel like at any point they'd be like, oh, we don't really like you, so, you know, bye. Deuces. We don't appreciate you trying to bargain more for your fighter because we don't really want to pay them that much, so we're going to get you out of here. Right, right. Nothing about this, like, oh my god. And the UFC used the same argument when it came to sponsors when they did the Reebok deal, right? They're like, there are a lot of sponsors who aren't paying their athletes, and like they're getting on UFC television. They're getting on UFC television. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do this Reebok deal, and everybody's going to actually get a guaranteed payday. But that's also at the sole discretion, like what the UFC is able to negotiate. All right. All right. I can't even call it dumb. It's just greedy. This comes from this is from Chatry, who owns not just one, but also evolved MMA. 
who for years tried to hide the fact that he owned before conviction. So, like, you know this is not a dude who deals in good faith. Like, he's just not. Like, he is not a trustworthy person. Yeah, and there there've there've been some people uh who have like spoke out against it. Uh who is this gentleman's name? Uh Jason House, CEO of Iridium Sports Agency. Don't know what that is. Uh he said uh requiring an agent to live in Asia for a year is absurd. <laughs> no other professional sports league in the world requires that. Uh, received a similar certification to represent NFL players. He said a process that runs through the NFL PA, not the league itself. It, that's another thing. Uh, yeah. In an interview, he tried to like he tried to compare us to uh, organizations in, um, like like the NBA and the NFL, and like uh, this guy is saying, that's not run through the NFL. That's run through the players' association, the union. Right. right. That's not. That has nothing to do with the actual people they'll be negotiating with. Stupid. Malky Kawa, sorry if I'm butchering his name, who helped engineer the trade that saw... Alright, so it looks like he helped with the DJ asking trade. DJ's manager used to be, what's his name, Mahium, who was also his coach. Mm. After the whole fiasco with TJ Dillashaw, DJ, will they, will they, won't they fight? Um, he signed with Malky Kawa, and that's what sued those relations with Dana White. Kawa. I don't think he's on good terms with Dana White. I think Dana White just kind of sees him as like his little bitch, from what I, from what I've read. Like he likes to make fun of Kawa a lot to his face. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's who Kawa, like, and that's another thing. It's not like we don't have that problem here where, like, you know, Kawa and um, Ali Abdelaziz are, like, the only managers in MMA. And don't don't write into me and be like, they're not. I know they're not. It's just that they have the greatest amount of fighters on their roster. This, this pretty much is some, pretty much some of this quote from Kawa. <laughs> he said... Basically, if you guys don't make a few exceptions for, like, agents who are already established, then you're not getting any more of my fighters. Like, he's just gonna, they're just not gonna fight there no more. Um, and that, that does bring up an interesting point. Like, what do they do with DJ? What do they do with Eddie Alvarez? What do they do with Sage Northcutt, who I'm sure... Right, do not have... Right, do not have... Do not have agents... Or at least an agent that has lived in... In an age of four years. I want to know what constitutes Asia. Like, does that, does, like, Russia, like, the, like, are they talking about, like, Southeast Asia? Are they talking about, like, literally just Singapore? Are they talking, like, does that just, in, does that include Japan or China or, like, parts of Turkey or, like, the Middle East where they used to get a lot of their fighters from? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, uh, this, yeah. This, this certification thing is, is, like I said, to me, it just, it seems like a really huge control grab, and I don't believe they believe the right thing by their fighter. But this is like going to be even yeah. uh, like, it, it, like it's, it's a power grab. It's a power grab. 
And the thing is, it would really suck if this went south because I feel like they've been on like a really good streak lately. Like they've they've done a lot of things that just helped their promotion grow. Um, putting on really great cards, like you're drawing all these extra eyes, like you get guys like Alvarez and DJ and Sage and all that. And you don't want to instantly lose all those guys because there's some agent issue discrepancy. I don't know. It's weird, but we'll. We'll keep an eye on that, but I don't know. Yeah, that 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 one sounds a little sounds a little. Well, uh, sounds you know, what, while we're here, because I don't know when the next time we're gonna be able to talk about um one will be. I I have a question. Like, what are they gonna do with Sage and Eddie and like DJ? Because like, the the idea is they want a TV deal here, right? Like they are, like that's what the TNT business has been about. Like they want a TV deal. They had to settle for Bleacher Report and like replays at three, four o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays after the card. <laughs> <laughs> so like, who are they supposed to be fighting? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, who say you got Cosmo, Alexander, like Timothy, Nasukin, like. And don't get me wrong, like those are like those are quality dudes, but like if you're trying to get a TV deal, nobody knows who the hell Cosmo Alexander is here, except like Muay Thai fans and like people who watched Bellator prelims five years ago. Like no one knows who Timothy yeah. Nasukin is, except for the people who used to watch the one cards that only sold like five thousand pay per views a year. So yeah. like, if, if that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's so weird because last year we gave them so much, praise, gave them so for much praise for this deal, but I don't think we knew. But I don't think we knew. I, I, I knew I knew they were gonna do like hour replays because there's no way with the time show uh, the time zone difference like that TNT was gonna be like hey right we're, we're gonna right. bring up this this episode of Burn Notice so that you can watch um, these two five three Asian dudes throw down. Yeah, that's how TV works. Um, like I knew it would be a replay. I didn't know it would be like 4.30 in the morning on a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. That's just ridiculous. It'll be, yeah. It'll be, it'll yeah. Be, it'll be... Like, they, they spent all this money on Eddie and DJ and Sage, but they have nobody for the fight because the UFC doesn't like really release anybody anymore. And like Bellator grabs all these dudes up hella young, like Anim and Gracie or uh at Ruth, like before they even start fighting. Alright, they catch you out the gate at one and oh. Even if you have a dude like a like a Gary Tony type, like somebody who okay, casuals won't care about, but like if you're a BJJ fan who happens to like MMA, maybe you'll tune in. But like those dudes are hard to come by now. But like, I'm sure, like, who are they? So like, are they? Was the plan just to have, sign them for millions of dollars and then let them fight in Asia at like, what would be seven o'clock in the morning here? I think that was. I mean, I get it. Like they were trying to bring in big names, so I'm not gonna fault them for that. Yeah, but, like absolutely. Like do what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, I don't. They, they might just be trying to figure this out. I, as we go. I honestly think the plan was sign big names so that we keep getting investors to think that we're doing things, and then eventually maybe we'll be able to get a TV deal with the, 
the sports market being what it is. Like, if the UFC gets hot enough again, so where, like, every car they do on ESPN is doing one and a half to two million people, like, maybe somebody else will take a chance on one. You feel me? Like, Fox Sports will try to get back in the game and they'll keep try to recoup their money that way, but I, I don't. It's so hard without live content. Live content in prime time. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's just yeah. not any space yeah. for that now because Bellator runs 20 plus shows a year. The UFC runs 50, like 50 shows a year. But yeah. BFL yeah. had to differentiate <laughs> itself by moving to Thursday. Thursday. Thursdays, but right? Even, but even even they, even, have, like, even they have like their own little, you know, their little niche time slot. Right. In terms of like, you know, terms of like, broadcasting, you know, to, an broadcasting to an American audience, they're like the one, one trying to come over. In terms of like fight quality, but it's like where do we really where, where do we really place you guys in this landscape? Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be an uphill battle for them. I say go to Sundays. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll 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 keep an eye on one and all they got going on. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. That was it for news and uh announcements. Let's talk about some fights. Um, so let's um, you know what? We'll do. Well, I was gonna say real quick. I was gonna just run through Invicta because I, uh, I don't really have a lot to talk about because I didn't get to watch it, but I want to mention it because we we talked about it on the podcast. Um, we're doing Invicta, then we'll do Bellator, then we'll do uh, Canelo, and then we'll we'll do that uh that other fight card. But Invicta <laughs> uh, uh, FC uh, had actually had a tournament this weekend. Uh, Phoenix Rising was there. Sorry. No. Strawweight. No. Yeah, strawweight. Yeah, strawweight. Strawweight tournament. This was a one-night tournament. They had their own special rules. Like first couple fights were like one round. I forgot the rules were kind of wild. But anywho, um, just a quick mention. Just a quick mention of people who put on some good performance. Had a good night. Had a good night. Uh, up until she finals. lost in the finals. So the only um, actually, the only match I got to see was the very first fight between Kaylin Curran and, uh, and uh, Davis son of uh, Davis' daughter, which is a really <laughs> fun fight in which like both got dropped. It was it was it was a it was a fun it was a fun one rounder. Like I thought the one rounder was gonna be like really boring. Like they were not gonna fight like they only had one round. No, I was actually no, I was actually Kaylin Curran. It's worth noting that the. Two of the favorites in this tournament uh, missed weight and were unable to uh, compete. It was it uh. It was it uh. Anyway, uh, anyway, Janessa Morandine. Yeah. Yeah. I was really looking forward to anyway. But yeah, she she missed weight. But um, Kaylin Kern. The finals came down to uh, Kaylin Kern and Brianna Van Buren, who apparently was beast in this tournament. I didn't get to see any of her fights, but apparently she was handling business. Um, and Brianna Van Buren won in the finals. Uh, she beat Kaylin Kern uh, via submission, rear naked choke, uh, and round was it round two. So shout out to her. She is the new strawweight champ over in Invicta. So. 
Victor. Oh, good, good on Invicta. Doing, 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 doing a tournament format. Doing something a little different. Shaking things up. Shout out to Jimmy Smith. Announcing. Would still love to see Invicta boxing. Just saying. He's wanting to get yeah. there. Out there who need a place to fight. Yeah. Uh, like, they crowned a new champion. It's somebody and not brand new to the Invicta. new to the world of like big time, I guess you could call it, um, MMA. Graham Van Buren. Um, I think she lost like Stevie Egg on the Invicta card prior, but. You know, this is what tournaments do. They they if you do it right. Man, so shout out to them. Shout out to Victor. Shout out to everybody who participated in the tournament. Right. I had to go back and watch her, uh, watch the fight, see how they look. But congrats to uh, Brianna Van Buren. So that was uh, Victor FC Phoenix Rising. Uh, moving on to Bellator, uh, Bellator Birmingham, I want to say. Oh, no, I love Nah, nah, nah. We over, over in England. Uh, and this, <laughs> I, I can't speak on the prelims, in which it looks like there were a lot of decisions. But this main card, uh, in total, the four fights lasted about a good 12 minutes or so. All finishes in Bellator. Everybody fought. Like, they had something to do later that night. Everybody fought, like, for fighting overmatched competition. I'm mad because that's the only fight I did not get to see, and I wanted to to see that fight. So, did, did, did you watch this card? I liked this card. Well, I, I watched the entire Raymond Daniels fight. I posted it on the Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they both sort of posted it on their Twitter, and it was. Mm. What did you expect? Yeah. Oh my God! Like, except for that. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I don't think anybody could have expected. Not even Raymond Daniels. No. <laughs> no, he he made that up. <laughs> He definitely made that up in like spur of the moment, but uh, I did. I got the chance to watch every fight except for the Calvajo fight, which I'm, I'm in the complex, which I'm mad I missed. I have to go back and catch that. But um, I'll run through this main car real quick. Like I said, none, none of these fights lasted long at all. They all were first round finishes. Um, and the headliner, uh, we have former Bellator lightweight champ Brent Primus going against Tim Wilde. Um, not really a ton happened. They had a quick filling out process. It ended up going to the ground. Um, Promise got like caught off balance and just kind of got pushed down. Tim Wild got on top, <laughs> and a move that we don't see executed often. Um, Primus caught Wild with a go-go platter. Yeah, that was. It's been it's been some. It's been a while. It's been it's probably been. It's very rare somebody pe- people will go for it, but no one never really pulls it off. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, Primus got it. Uh, and a minute and twenty seconds in. So normally that would be like the highlight of the weekend. But two other wild as f things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 
But congrats to Primus. He did. He did. Uh, he did. Uh, he did. Uh, he did. I thought Taylor got lucky he didn't get subbed in the second round of their last fight. Well, well, Kelly got to deal with Kip. Well, so I saw a lot of people uh, pushing Bendo. for a Primus Bendo. I'd be down for that. But yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. But we'll see. Shout out to Ben Primus. We've made fun of him a lot on this. <laughs> never for him being a bad fighter so much as just an invisible personality we never actually Yeah. Yeah. But shout out to Ben Primus. It's, it's no hate. It's, it's all jokes. But he's been the butt of a lot of jokes. But he nah. Great, great finish. Uh, submission that you just don't see executed very often. Um, so congrats to him. Cold main event. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Fabian Edwards versus Falco Nito. Neto. Fabian Edwards, the brother of Leon Edwards. I didn't realize he was a middleweight. He's not that big. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Slamenko was champ, and he's... He had a fight this week. Yeah, yeah, he fought... Um, he fought in what you call it. Remember the name of that? Uh, yeah, uh, man, yeah. Guys, if you... Quick side tangent, but if you get a chance, just look at Alexander Slamenko's record and just watch the last fight he had because that happened this weekend. It was Viscardi Andrade in RCC. Yeah. Yeah. Go go watch that fight. Violence. Lots of violence. Yeah, Lots of violence. Hands. Like, that's just how he operates. Yeah. It, it was a good one. Definitely, definitely go give that a watch. But uh, Fabian Edwards versus Falco Neto. Um, like I said, Fabian Edwards, brother of uh, UFC welterweight Leon Edwards. Uh, I watched his last fight. He, he did pretty impressive in the last outing. I saw him in. So just somebody to keep an eye on in Bellator, who, you know, up there, working work, work his way up the ranks, making a name for himself. Um, this 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 fight was wild, man. Falco Falco was pretty heavy on just trying to keep it close, take him down, grind him out, which worked okay until it didn't. Um. One of the more bizarre ending sequences you'll ever see to a fight. So Falco, I think Falco had got him down. I don't know if he scrambled. I can't remember it in a lot of detail. But basically, it was the position where Fabian is on his back. Falco was hovering over him, trying to like play the whole, you know, maneuver his feet game so I can get back to mound or get inside guard. You know, that that whole thing. Um, in the process of doing this, he eats an up kick. So that's up kick number one. Eats up kick number one. Eats up kick number All one. Right, All right, whatever. I'm, I'm Shakes it off. I'm still trying to get on top. He's another. Up He's another up kick. This one hurts him a little bit. Kind of, you know. You can tell he like, uh. All right, that kind of hurt. So I feel like after the second up kick, you have two options. You either hurry up and throw his feet to the side and jump in, or you just back off and let him get up. Falco said no. Still trying to get on top. Whatever, whatever. Proceeds to eat a third up kick. <laughs> and this one completely just like he doesn't look like he doesn't look like he knows where he is. He is doing so. There's a there's a what's that? there's a gif of like this little black kid and he's like his arms. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> like it, got rocked 
he got rocked with that third up kick. And you can tell he got rocked because Fabian had enough time to up kick him, get back up to his feet, and then catch him with like a left foot and knock him down and knock him out. Hit a couple ground and pounds and yeah, knock him out and it was over. Trying to play from top with a guy on his back, do not put your face right in front of him, <laughs> right in front of his legs, because he will kick you in the face repeatedly. Um, like you know, use your hips, use your hips to pass, or your hands, not your face. Yeah. 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 How was this not the most violent? <laughs> yeah, on, on any yeah, other on, night, this probably would have been, been KO of the night. This is like ESPN Sports Center top ten work. Yeah, no, no doubt. Like three straight up kicks, and like you just gotta watch this in real time because it happens so quick. And at, I was like, is he ever gonna like? Just let him up. Like those first two up kicks were kind of hard. Like maybe time just... between each one of these to reconsider what he was doing. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, all right. You're fully committed. I guess that's something, but not just one of those IQ moments where it's like, you know what? That that was not a good choice you made there, buddy. Um. Yeah, three up kicks in a row, and then a left hook. Uh, it's just amazing that after the third up kick, Fabian had complete time to like literally get all the way back up to his feet, and then throw a punch, and Falco was still just out of it. Um, crowd like he had no idea where he was. Right. Right. He is going. To. <laughs> when you go back and look at that replay, you have to be pissed at yourself. Like, bro. I, not to say he was like dominating, but you, you had position. You know, you were winning the position battle. You you had you you had something going for yourself, and life happens fast. Life happens fast, y'all. It it happens fast. Shout out to Fabian Edwards. That is one. That's one for the highlight room. It, it kind of reminds me in a way of the Nico Price, um, Randy Brown, and that like that was just one of those KOs. That I was just like, oh wow, that really happened. He really did that. Um, shout out to Fabian. Shout out to Fabian. Um, so that was the upkick KO. Um, and the fight that I'm really mad I did not get to see. But apparently Pedro Carvalho uh, KO Derek Campos in like two minutes. Formed him, kicked him to the body, hit him upstairs, and then Campos was just out. Yeah, I have to go back and and catch that. But make Campos a crawl. Because uh like for Campos has not had the most consistent career. He just lost to San Cecilia, but he's one of those middle of the road dudes who is constantly near main event co main event territory just because he's right. fun to watch. Right. Yeah, he yeah, and he always puts on entertaining fights, so if you if you beat him is it that does some good for you. It's like, lightweight needs for Michael Chandler not to have a rematch every single time he fights. Right. 
Like whether it <laughs> right. be Will, um, what's his name? Friggin' isn't, uh, what's his name? Will, crap, I have forgotten his name. Ill Will. Ill Will Brooks, Brooks, yeah. Or, uh, the Patricky Pitbull, or Brent Primus, or I don't know who else would be like, like another Bendo fight. It'll be nice if Chandler, should he get back to Patricio, he'll have new, fresh faces in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll so, shout out to Carvajal. Shout out to Carvajal. That's, that's a good win. Hopefully he can get himself, himself into some bigger fights. Keep, keep the violence for him. Speaking of violence. Uh, speaking of violence. Uh, we got a new KO of the Year candidate. Who has not watched sports, let alone MMA, sent that to me, and I said, I told her, like, if that was me, I would just not get up. I'd just sit there and die. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just the shame and yeah. disrespect. And I would have, like... I would have, like... <laughs> I would have just rolled out the cage, but never got to my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rolling out. I'm just I'm rolling out. Like, I'm out of here. I want to pour Wilker Barros while he's down. But God damn! Imagine it's your first loss in MMA. Never coming back. Never coming yeah, back. Yeah, like you can't. Like, that's mm. soul crushing. Like, like, like now, anytime, now, anytime somebody does anything I'm spin, I'm triggered. triggered. Like, basically, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you guys. It, you, you've probably seen this highlight by now because it was all over. Yeah, in similar fashion, I had people on my timeline who don't even really post about MMA. This this was all over my feed. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and before the KO, I mean, this was pretty much a it was a Raymond Daniels fight. Him doing a lot of flashy kicks, playing on the outside, Barros trying to close the distance. Um, was able to get a few clinches, but Raymond Daniels did a good job of just disengaging, not really playing that game. Um, and then the last, that, that last sequence, he catches Barros with a spinning back kick that just hits the man down right on his butt. Waits for him to get up. Doesn't rush him, doesn't swim. <laughs> Waits for him to get up. Then he just makes up this Tekken move in the spur of the moment. Um... But like he jumped, I, I take he spins. So ridiculous and so mental that I don't think they would put it in Tekken. Like a seven twenty, <laughs> <laughs> a seven twenty just hook, just right. power right. hand hook. And it was weird because to me, it like it looked like he spun, and like halfway through the second spin, he just like changed his mind on what. I don't know. Like he was going for a tornado kick. I think he realized that he was too close, and just at the last second, he changed it up and decided to melt this man's brain. Yeah, a seven twenty. I mean, and that right hook was like flush. And he, Barros died, like, died like instantly. And then his leg switched. And then his leg switched, and it was yeah, really no, scary. That was terrifying. Oh, uh, God, like. 
where would you yep. even think to yep. throw a 360 hook, let alone, like, right. <laughs> right. a 720? <laughs> 720. And it's like, I can't even be mad at Barros because it's like, bro, there's, there's, no, amount there's no amount of training you can do that is going to prepare you for when somebody is going to throw. That's not, that, that's not in the game. There's nobody you're there's bringing, nobody you're bringing in training camp who's, who's throwing 720 hooks. That's not even the thing I think like, Barros thought was possible because I sure as hell did. Nah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, that that was. Yeah, that that was. I don't know if you guys. Any I don't guys, know if you guys, any of you guys, back in the day, used to watch like the and one tapes. The there was a guy named the Air up like there who did like the seven twenty dunk. This was like the MMA. This was like the MMA version of that. Version of that. Really? Like, shut up. <laughs> Raymond Day was like forty years old. <laughs> right. 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 Think, so thirty. Yeah. Almost I think yeah, almost yeah, I think yeah. thirty nine. But man still has it. Man still has it. And it's still. Man is still. MVP goes out um, next week and just gets the shit beat out by Douglas Lima. Give me Raymond Daniels as MVP. And I don't even care about rankings. And I don't even care about rankings or if that fight makes sense. Just, just do it. They're real MMA rankings. Yeah. yeah. That is true. That is true. They don't. Yeah, just... just I mean, they yeah, they, they both fight very similarly. Um, which means it um, could be really boring with them just staring at each other. Like, this is a point yeah. karate match. Yeah. They competed in point karate. Um, I think they came away the winner. Most of, like, I think they did, like, three or four times, and Daniels came away the winner. But just, yeah. just do it. Just but just, just do it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Just, we, we get this, we'll see MVP, like, try to go for, like, a heel hook. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That, that yeah, KO, that man. that KO, um, man. Um, KO. I forgot what was the other. We've had, had a couple of KO the year. I need to start writing. I need to start writing these down when they happen. I'm really, I'm really terrible at that. But and to be better at it. Anyway, so I might as well just like make a list of what's going to be on the awards for next year. But uh, 2018 Fighter Award. So, so far for KO of the Year, we have Anthony Pettis, Wonderboy, uh, Martin Wynn versus uh, Jadumba, where he just, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. knee, the KO of uh, Edson Barboza, which I'm probably missing a few, now that I think about it. See, Wynn's knee was up there for me, because that knee was just beautiful. Um, man, Ray Raymond might <laughs> just off the fact that like I've just I've never seen that before. This is pure style over like substance. Like, right? Uh, how can you say anything but style right. and when a style and it works? Like it's style and it was executed to like perfection. And that's just the case. Nobody else is ever going to do that. You're not going to. Nobody else is landing 720 hooks. You might see some people try now. Yeah, they're going to try. Yeah, they're going to try. Just for just for the sport of it. Right. Let's be real. Somebody's going to try 720 hook and get countered and get KO'd. And then that's going to be KO'd. Somebody on like Bellator 21 next week is going to be like, you know, 221 next week is going to be like, Raymond Daniels isn't that good. I'm a real MMA fighter. I'm going to show you how it's done. They're going to go for like a, a freaking like 1040 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Completely get floored. Hey, I'm with it. This yeah. sport's all about yeah, innovation. Just, 
A pretty attempt. But man, yeah. Raymond Daniels, KO of the Year candidate. Most likely ESPN top 10. Boy. Go if this the whole Bellator main card, like I said, just go back and watch it. The whole card only lasts about a good 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, lunch break, just so. to, you know, chill out. Right. Watch the whole right. card and then spend, like, the next 50 minutes eating your lunch. Right. Right. <laughs> so, shout out so, to Bellator, shout out to Bellator uh, Birmingham, Birmingham for giving us um, mismatches. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mismatches that led to just fun moments. I mean, good quality violence. Good quality I mean, violence. Like, I, I hate I hate to be like I, I don't know if it's like a Debbie Downer or like whatever, but like this is why like these types of fights are important because they get us like excited and like they they present opportunities for Raymond Daniels to go out there and do seven twenty spinning freaking wild shit on uh, guys like Wilker Barrows. Alright, right. Fabian Edwards to land three consecutive upkicks. This is good. And to be honest, I, I am very I thankful. Like, we, we, we poked some fun at Bellator, but I'm going to say I'm, I'm very thankful for them, for this card, that it happened on this weekend. Because, yes, on this specific Saturday, because had this card not been this Saturday, I would not. This weekend would not be good. There would be very little joy. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, mismatching people all the time is bad. But you don't have to march everybody out there to like the ba- like to, to the like the front of the battlefield every single time out. You know, sometimes just give them the cannon and let them shoot from like a hundred right. miles away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just give them the home run. You just give them the like, home run, dude. Like, just give, let them, give us something. If we right. have to sit there and watch right. Arjun Buller and Juan Adams have a fight from like 2009, <laughs> let, let, let us let us indulge a little bit. Give us a give us some slacking. Give us some slacking. We can watch, just watch and just be happy about give us something to retweet. But like, right, right. Yeah. That was a. Uh, that was uh that was Bellator Birmingham awesome main card. Go back and watch all twelve minutes of it. <laughs> watch everybody get knocked out or put in a go-go platter because that was the thing. Huh. We'd have had so many commercials. Twelve minutes of fighting in a two and a half hour broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. The break between Edwards and the Primus fight would have been crazy. But. That was, um, that was Bellator awesome Birmingham. Card. Awesome card. Go back and watch it. Good time. Very, very good time. Um, um, and we can uh, now we can, uh, uh talk Canelo about uh, Canelo and Daniel Jacobs. That was also a thing that went down last night on the zone. I am now twenty dollars richer. Well, not yet. I haven't gotten paid, but got my co-worker on this fight. There you go. <laughs> so, Jacobs? He did. Why? He did. I don't he did. know. But I, I, don't know. But I was not going to go against him. And in my, in my, and, defense, in my, in my defense, I told him Jacobs that like Jacobs good, was like good, but he wasn't fight. going to win this fight. Well, like, even if Jacobs but, won this fight, he wasn't going to win this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Hometown, Cinco, Hometown, Cinco de Mayo weekend. 
an entire reading yeah. DVD do of right. Penelope. Right. <laughs> wild cheaters. Like, alright, like, we Boxing. I didn't do who ate less shots from Grubkin and just kept coming forward. It, but like Diego's is so inconsistent. Like it's like such a gamble. Like he owns last player by like, he owns Um, like, <laughs> he's really good. Like he's he's a top four middleweight. Like he's pretty, and you know, there's the argument that he beat the uh, Ryu thing. Like, yeah, I'm happy. A top fighter fought a top fighter because boxing needs that more than ever because the welterweight and the heavyweight divisions are such a freaking mess of just politics and nobody wants to fight and risk losing their O and there's so much money being thrown around for just stupid crap. Tyson Fury got, is about to get paid $20 million to fight on ESPN in a fight where he will most likely get bored the audience will get bored, someone will fight in the crowd, and he'll watch that <laughs> instead of fighting. Like, I like Tyson Fury, but he's only fun when he's fighting other top fighters, and that's not even always like that's not even always the case, as evidenced by the Klitschko fight. Oh boy! But, oh like, boy! The, the, boxing needs more of this. I, I I doubt it did the numbers the zone was hoping it would do like from the from the from everything I've heard like media traffic wise and but like it sounds like it just was not where it needed to be um but well I I went to um a pub for trivia a pub it was a bar is I went to a bar for trivia earlier in the week and they were showing the Glovekin fight like they had little like the little TV uh, your table advertisement things out there, and I was like, okay. But the zone's getting into bars too, so you know that'll bump up the numbers. But you know, it got me for the month, so I'll be here until Joshua fights Andrew Ruiz next month, uh, June first. I'll be here next week when they do Bellator two twenty one because it's a really great card. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That, oh, that, that card is yeah. That card is fire. But uh, yeah, Jacob, yeah, Jacob Canelo was, was a, it was a good fight. Um, it was a very Canelo fight in which he probably could have won every round, but he's a dude who only fights like seven or eight rounds hard, and takes the rest off. To, you know, rest. Yeah, he he had yeah, he, a stretch. Camera um, rounds. Rounds. Feel like it was for like the middle, something like the middle pack of the round. The man was just kind of like matrix mode. <laughs> he was just like dodging every single punch. Like head movement was just like out of this world. He was just just in there, just kind of. Like I said, he just like he downloaded the matrix program. Like yeah, um, we, we talked about Canelo, like chin, his chin, but like he is not your stereotypical Mexican boxer. The dude is very defense first. 
Which is why he survived fighting for 15 years as a pro, despite the fact he's only like 28. The thing is like he. The thing is like he. It's interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch because he's. He's defensive, but he's. He's defensive, but he still moves forward. Like he'll 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 plot for it. And then his head moves. He'll he'll move his head in like 30 different angles, and he'll just miss everything, and then he'll just keep. He'll just keep marching you down still. So like he's defensive, but can still manage to like put pressure on you. I guess the type of pressure that gets you to throw panic shots that he can slip. Right. Right. Um, like, he's, like, I think fighting at 154 for so long gave people the impression that he was, like, this really big power puncher. He's not. Like, this is very much the type of fight he gives. Like, it's like the Kodo fight. Where, like, he, he, he lands clean telling powerful shots, but they're never, like, knockout blows. They're just stuff that will get the other guy worried enough to throw back shots that probably are going to miss. Yeah, he caught, he caught, yeah, he caught, he caught Diggs with a lot of good shots, a lot of hard body shots. Um, yeah, just, and like I said, able to be defensive and still put on that pressure. I think Jacobs actually did do a pretty good job in that fight, probably more than I think people gave him credit for. Um, I just think, for one, I think he dropped some of the earlier rounds, which I think cost him the fight. I kind of liked what he did later. It seemed, it seemed like towards the second half of the fight, he was trying to pick it up. But I think I saw somebody mention it on my timeline. It it almost looked like Jacobs didn't really like there was no game plan. Like he was just kind of out there, just guess whatever's happened. Guess whatever's happened is gonna happen, and I'll just like try to just figure it out like on the go. And I mean he did have moments. Like you said, Canelo does have a chin, and Jacob did catch him with a. a Good amount of clean shots on more than one occasion. And there were moments where he and did, put, were together where he did put together good combinations where he would get in on the inside. Um, but I, I um, just feel like he, by the time he kind of turned it up, like I think towards the latter half of the fight, he, he might have stole a couple of rounds that were kind of close. But it was just kind of too little too late. And on top of that, like some of the rounds were still so close that I could even see them going the other way. You know, I guess depending on what you were, you know, how you score fights, maybe what you look for, so on and so forth. But um, I will point out though, this was something I saw a lot of people say on Twitter. Even Daniel Cormier mentioned it. Like, I get it. Like Canelo's the the guy, but boy, they on commentary. They did not do Jacobs any favors. Like, yeah, Mora, pound for pound, across. All combat sports, one of the very worst commentators. I have no idea why he's the zone's commentary team. Like, it's, and he does events sometimes, too. That's really weird, because he's just terrible. Like, the only dude who I think is just as bad as, like, BJ Flores. The commentary made it seem like like, like Jacobs was just out there getting completely washed. Like you, you would have thought that Jacobs was getting KO, like getting knocked around, like every other hit. Um, but I get it. Canelo was winning. Yeah, and you could argue that he won the majority. Oh, I mean, he won the fight. So, but 
like they, it was like they, they didn't. Weren't so <laughs> they weren't so quick to really quick point out really point out anything good. Jacob did. I mean, I, did. Like, I, mean, I get it. Like that, that head movement that that, that head movement that Canelo had going on was amazing. He was landing a lot of good power shots. He, he looked really good out there. Not not the flashiest. Moments, but he, he had a lot of good moments. But it's not like Jacobs like didn't make it a competitive it's fight. Like it's not like he didn't test Canelo's chin because he, he tapped him a couple times. Like you said, Canelo it was just. The cleanest shot I think I've ever seen Canelo take. Um, like, it was like, it, it was like the seventh, eighth, or ninth round. And Canelo took it like it was nothing, but it was just right. really just right. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. He, he caught Canelo clean. He, he, he landed good combinations. And there were, there were moments, and there, there were, there were moments where I, I think he felt like he might have been losing the fight, so he was trying to like, he was trying to go for it. But like I said, kind of too little, too late in the end. But it's not like this was a complete one-sided, like, oh, you went out there and just got mocked. Like, it wasn't It wasn't that bad. My favorite part of the night was the commentaries. Like, they had a third guy. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Who was scoring the fight. And he had it close. He was like, it's within two rounds, and, like, I, I see Jacob's, um, you, you know, like, there were, there were two rounds that were really close. Like, you know, there's a really close fight. And immediately, Sergio Moore, like, comes in and is just like, well, you're scoring the fight and trying to commentate it on the same time. So I think you're wrong. <laughs> and I think Canelo's yeah, beating his ass. That. It was really bizarre. Because I'm like, you're commentating on the fight too, my guy. Right. Like right. Like, y'all are both doing the same thing. They just did not like, they just did not want to give Jacob, like, any props, any props right. whatsoever. That's what I, like, Jacob's not, as far as I know, he's not a, his own, he's like, the end guy. Well, he was last week with an HBO, so who knows where he is now. So, he's a he person. Guy. So yeah, I had no idea where this coming from. Yeah, yeah. Shouts to uh, <laughs> shouts to Monte from Tumblr. Saw him on Twitter. He was heated. He was so mad at this fight. Um, yeah, he he hated the commentary. Shout shouts to him. Can we talk about the start time real quick? Why did uh, the fight start at midnight? Like at. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I don't know. I didn't like, know what time I didn't know what time the fight was gonna start, I, I, and I I don't I remember what time it was on. Might be sure though. I don't know. But they said coverage will start uh, for the main event at like eleven fifteen. I'm like, all right, I, I get it. That's that's typical. Eleven fifteen rolls around. We're still doing interviews. Oh my god, they interviewed the dude who was making like a documentary on Danny Jacobs preparing for this fight. Right. <laughs> like, why are we doing all of this talking? Like, then they had to interview Demetrius like, Andrade, and then they had to interview somebody's manager. Like, I, I get the zone's new to boxing, but, like, just get the fucking fight on. Like, this is the one thing I appreciate about the fact that the UFC doesn't have to make any fight special, like, make them feel special. It's just that they go on right after the other when they're on streaming service. Like they they don't give a damn. Like 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 the one saving grace of the um the 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 uh, the, the the cowboy uh Iaquinta fight uh card was that they they got it over as quickly as they could. And that it was six hours, but it also had like twenty million decisions. 
build yeah, up. They, yeah, this build up. And then, you know, the whole national anthem. anthem. Like that's a whole another like 10 bruh, minutes. And it's like, bruh, like, we. Let's, let's get this over. But it was a competitive but fight, though. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, obviously just go back and watch it. Jacobs put on a solid performance, but I just. I, I thought just Canelo like I thought was, like I said, I thought he stole rounds. a lot of the Jacobs earlier rounds. Jacobs did better towards the latter half. Towards I, the latter like half. I did feel like Canelo kind of slowed down a little bit in those last few rounds. And Jacobs might have um, stole a few of those, but for me it was like a little, it was like too little too late in my opinion. But no, it was a competitive fight. Like they both had good moments. Like I said, Canelo had his matrix head movement going on. Jacobs caught Canelo with a couple of flush shots, but Canelo just... <laughs> like, so he, like he just walks nothing. through him like it's nothing. Um, but no, it was it was, um, but no, it was, it was a solid fight. So if you didn't get a chance to watch that, probably been um, uploaded um, back on the zone. At least by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably. Can they go back and watch? Oh, can they go yeah, back they, and watch? Yeah, they, yeah, they can. Pay-per-view, so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you got the zone, go go back and go back and watch it. If you don't, you can go Daily Motion. It'll probably be there. There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey man, we don't make the news. Hey man, we don't make the news. We just read the paper. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that um, so that was that was Canelo and uh, Jacobs. Um, Lord, I would love to uh, hold off even more and talk about the one championship card and the LFA card, but I didn't see either of those, so I cannot. Even though Yushin Okami lost his one championship debut, I know that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that, that, was the thing. that that was the thing. Poor you, Tommy. Um, yeah, poor guy. Just him, just with his eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, he got beat up. Heard the main event was top fight. I think it was a top fight. Don't know either. Don't know either, gentlemen. But apparently, it was really good. Watch that. So go watch that if you haven't. And go watch the LFA. I heard there was some nasty finishes, which pretty much happens every week. On LFA. On LFA. All right, man. All right, man. We're gonna get to this. Um, this um. Where did, what city was this? Where did, what city was this? Where was this? Yeah. Um, UFC Ottawa. Um, For this night, uh, uh, I, I'll, 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 how do I preface? It was this? bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, guys, if you didn't see this card, um, you're gonna hear us. You're gonna hear us describe a lot of these fights by not really describing them. We're just gonna talk um, in their general and, vicinity. Yes. Yes, and. We're not being jerks. If you go back and watch this card, which God bless you, if, God you, bless you if you do. You know how you, you know how you, you guys know there there are some cards where we say like the cards were like entertaining, the cards were like entertaining like but they weren't like they just a lot of the fights just didn't mean anything. This card was this card was like that except a lot of the fights weren't entertaining. So it was just kind of like. I'll say this: the the sum of the parts of the card are worse than the individual performances. Like it, it like um, uh, Matt Sales versus Kyle Nelson was a fine fight. If it had been on 
I don't know, like next week's UFC 237 card, it probably would have been fine. But it was sandwiched be- in between like Arjun Buller and Juan Adams and like Nordin Taleb and Kyle Prepolek and Vince Morales and Eamon Zahabi. And that just makes for like a death run. Yeah. Um, and 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 obviously like we're we're not we're not the type of people who complain about decisions unless they're bad. There were how many fights on this card? Six, twelve. There were three finishes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like the fights. And it's not like the fights that went to decision. Uh, or barn burn. Oh, all right. Like, some, there were, right. Good, there were good, two good performances and two good fights on this card, and that's all we can really say about it. And the rest of these, and the rest of these, we will just breeze through. So this episode, we spent a lot of time talking about, of time talking about news. The only reason this, we might even make it to two hours, because we spent so much time that's talking about news. But that's because we're not. <laughs> we're honestly not going to have a lot to say about this card. But we will make through as best we can. And, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, 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 happens, whatever happens, just happens. But, but on a positive, on, on a positive, at, at the very least, at the very this, least card this card did not else. give us anything else. We got a great main event. We got a great main event. And for that, I am very happy for. Um, UFC Ottawa, UFC Ottawa was headlined by Donald Cerrone and Al Iaquinta, which, which, Turned out to be it. Not that I thought the fight was going to be bad, but for some reason I think this fight was way more. I was way more entertained by this than I thought I was going to be. Like I knew this was going to be. I knew this was going to be a good fight, an entertaining fight, but I was like wildly entertained by this. Partially because it was. Partially because it was a really fun fight to watch, and probably also partially because it followed that co-main event, which left a lot to be desired, so this was like a great, (laughs) this was such a good pick-me-up from that co-main event, but, um, nah, man, Cerrone, I went to, man, this, this was a fun one, um, this, this, this was, this was fun to watch, that final form, dad, Cerrone, back, back, and full force, I thought I went did good in the first couple of rounds, he had moments throughout the fight, he caught Cerrone actually with a lot of, Clear shots. Like he caught Cerrone right with an overhand right a couple yeah, of like good he times. He hit him three straight oh. times with that overhand right in the third round, and it really stunned Cerrone. Yeah. But like he yeah. didn't capitalize on that at all. Yeah, he he yeah, yeah he, he, he yeah he had good moments. He definitely tagged Cerrone a number of times. Um, he caught Cerrone with a decent amount of uppercuts. He he was trying to really just kind of get inside. I didn't realize how big the reach and like size advantage that Cowboy had over him. But um. Like I was did a good job. I think the first two rounds to me were pretty, pretty close. They were going, pretty close. They were going tit for tat back and forth. Al was doing a, a decent job of getting inside and trying not to get caught outside with kicks too much. But boy, in this fight, man, it just seemed like the longer the fight went, Cerrone just the more he figured out. Yeah, he just got stronger and stronger. And by like that third round, man, he was just firing on all cylinders. Just and he was still getting hit with. Um, it's not like he didn't take his fair share of damage. He definitely got hit. He got clipped a couple times where he did like get stunned a little bit. But the man just kept plotting forward. He was landing great combinations of his own. He was killing Al with just kicks galore, just leg kicks, body kicks. 
he was throwing all 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 the kicks that he could. I want to say he outlanded out like something like three to one in this fight by the end of it. Yeah, he, yeah, it, it was one of those yeah, fights it, it where, where um, Cerrone has been notorious for like slow. starting slow. Once he got the engine going, once he got the engine going, this fight he he never stopped. Like he he kept a really good pace. Like I said, he he landed a very good just variation of strikes. He started getting off his own combinations. Um, a couple good times he would catch out with like a jab and then like up stepping like uppercut. Cerrone just he looked really good. Like I said, the the longer the fight went on. It just seemed the more comfortable he got. And then once it got to, like, that third, fourth, and fifth, where Al couldn't really get inside so much because Cerrone was so effective with his kicks, he was kind of able to keep him at that safe distance. Boy, it got, it was a long night. He was battering Al with these leg kicks. Yeah, drop the jab of death in the third round. Where he just ever so slightly just flicks out this jab. And Al just runs right into it. Gets dropped. It was at the end of the round, though, so he survived. But then in the next round, he gets front kicked in the face. Um, <laughs> he gets dropped again. Like this final form, this final form, man. He he's. Dude, that was one of the best performances of his career, man. Yeah. Yeah. He he was on one. He was really. And it it feels like he. I was almost surprised. I was almost surprised or hoping that because going into this fight, I was like. Cerrone is definitely more well-rounded. He throws more in terms of strikes, and then he he has that ground game, even though we we don't really see it. Not not often. He uses it if he needs to. And I thought he was gonna maybe mix it up more, maybe shoot for a takedown just to throw Al off. Boy, he didn't need to. Like they pretty much stood and traded like this entire fight. And Cerrone just. I was gonna say the thing that I think really fucked up Al's game. Because at the end of the first round, when he shoots it for the takedown, Ezzeroni just blasts him with a switch knee. Mm. Like, just clean on the chin. Like, I am kind of in shock that Iaquinta didn't get knocked out immediately. Yeah, I was like, props to Al. Yeah, I was like, props to Al. Because, for one, the impact of it was just, like, like, loud. Like, (laughs) and he ate it, too. Like, he didn't even really get, like, rocked by it. Like, he just kind of power through it. Guys, and I think a lot of other guys, that would have been the death blow. That would have been it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this, yeah. This was, this main event, man. It was, Cerrone was definitely, Cerrone was definitely in rare form. Like I said, it was just the stronger, the, the longer the fight went on, the more Cerrone just got comfortable. He got his timing down. And he just, the man was just like, Great combinations, and, and every time he got, any, every time he got hit and got stumbled, but he got right back in there. And you know, you hit me once, I'm gonna hit you once, twice, three times. Like he, he was Cerrone was going off, man. It was. It's crazy to see like it's crazy to see like these late career like resurgences where you think a guy's kind of. Not a, maybe not even at the end of the road, but like he's slowing down, and it's like all right, maybe he might not be that guy anymore. Boy, that told you. Yeah. This, this dad, this, this dad that Cerrone. That kid gave this man an extra. He got like four extra health bars after, after that kid was born. He's just been going. He's just been going hard ever since. And this, yeah, this was an amazing he performance. He had Al's face all bloodied up. And like that third wasn't. Like half of Al's face was just blood. I like the end of the fight, so they have wiped it off. Um. 
this fight. Yeah, this this fight was really, really, really fun to watch. Well, God, like I, I picked Cerrone going into this fight in, just in part because like the dudes we've seen Al have success against, whether it be Khabib or Kevin Lee, are just. I think they play better into Al's wheelhouse. Um, where he's like the the other dude is just wild and throw well, well not could be but like in the Kevin Lee case where like he throws like really whooping shots that are easy to slip and you know tag somebody with three shots to the body, one to the head, exit. And Cerrone never let him do that. So a lot of this fight was Ally Aquinta fishing for that overhand right on a counter, either to like a leg kick or um or a jab and just not being able to find it because Cerrone was so good at just throwing straight shots. The, those leg kicks to the lead leg, he had to have eaten like 40 of them by the time the fight was over. and just It really just ruined his mobility. And, and Al's not really um, uh, um, a really mobile guy to begin with. Like he, He's very subtle with his in and out like, he's not a guy, like, halfway through this fight, he started, like, taking these long, circling routes to escape the pocket or to try and close distance, and he would switch dances just because the leg kicks were really getting to him. And um, I can't remember which podcast it was. It was either the Bloody Elbow Vivisection podcast for this card or the Heavy Hands episode this week, but they mentioned that that it might not be pressure that breaks down Cerrone so much as it is guys who are able to get into boxing range with him and just force a boxing match. And I think that I think there's truth to that because that's those are the instances where Al was able to find success when he was able to get Cerrone to commit to a right hand or was able to slip a jab and then come back and counter with like a body uh body head combination or something like that. But when it when it was time to actually close the distance, Cerrone was just piecing the crap out of him. Um, switch he threw like four or five switch kicks to the body that you can tell just really just ate everything out of Ali Guinta. Um, just not just terrific performance all around. Um, props to Al because Cerrone is one of the very best finishers in MMA history, and he was just not—he wasn't able to get him out of there. And he had a couple opportunities where he got close. He could have. He got close. Yeah, he got close. And I knew Al really felt some damage at the end of the fight. If you just looked at him when he was just because he ended the fight, I think he was on the ground because Cerrone had went for like a flying knee. Something weird happened. Al was on the ground and. It, it fight ends up stopping, but right after they rung the, right final, they rung the Al final bell, Al was just like on the ground, like, on the ground, like hands on his knees, and he was just looking like, what just like what just got up? He tried to leave the cage, and, right? Like, Matt Sarah, right? And, yeah, um, he, yeah. Ray Longo had to like droop, like Al you don't need like that, right? Yeah, he, right? Yeah, he he knew he he knew the kind of damage he, he was looked, taking. You know what he looked like? He looked as dejected as Kevin Lee did after he lost to Al. The second time, yeah, yeah. Where Kevin Lee is like having this like he retrospective did. moment on his knees, just like wondering what went wrong. Yeah, he 
Yeah, he definitely had one of those that like that. That wasn't supposed yeah. to happen. I mean, it's not like I mean, it was not like it was a you know. I mean, I get it, like dude. I mean, I get it, like dude. You know, competitor man. I, I definitely get it. But it's not like it was a shameful performance oh, yeah, no. at all. Like, no, dude went in there. He did. His no, thing. dude went in there. He did his thing, but boy, Cerrone just. Boy, just like I, I, I just does not have that range of one experience because this is a guy who went from fighting like Diego Sanchez and. Uh, who was that dude he fought? Um, I had like no business being in the ring with with him. Diego Sanchez and uh, oh wow oh because he came back in 2017 after he retired for to go sell real estate. Um, he fought Diego Sanchez. Then he's just been Khabib and Kevin Lee. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. Like he, he, he yeah, like a leap. he has not had a like <laughs> he 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 might have been a top five fighter, but he has not had the range of experience. He's fought two guys who, well, or at least one guy in Kevin Lee who kind of plays this style, who, who will throw big looping power shots and allow Iaquinta to have the capacity to 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 counter. Like this is not this is not Cerrone's game. Um, and, and he's so lead foot heavy. That and like that and like you know more than we've you know seen more than we've seen Cerrone in the past. Cerrone was just he was oh, yeah. active. Like, like I, I think that I think that, he was, I think Cerrone's a dude who needs a reach advantage, and I I think that's why he was coming up short with guys like Leon Edwards and Darren Till and stuff like that. It's just like he when guys can hit him. And like like I said, when they can turn it into a boxing match without like, and yeah, Cerrone's still able to kick, but now he has to worry about the counters coming back. Right. Yeah, right. It becomes a much more. Like, it really helps here. I'm not gonna say way bigger than Al, but he was a lot longer than Al. Well, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. You, you saw it when they were. <laughs> it was very. It was visually. Yeah. You you could see it. Um, but yeah, it's him. Yeah, him just really just being active more than I think we've seen in the past. Like he and he was able to like keep that pace for the entire five rounds and really even just come on stronger as the fight went along. And yeah, that compared. Yeah, that compared. I mean that, and along with just the reach advantage, it was like everything just kind of came together for him. Like it was like a perfect storm. He He did everything but get the finish, and that wasn't for lack of effort. Like he, he dropped him a couple times, but Al just, Al just, yeah, Al just never, <laughs> Al just never seems to go away. Um, but man, um, yeah, that was, but that man, was, yeah, that was, that was great a great, event, man. great main awesome event, man. Really awesome fight, fight for Cerrone. Oh, um, that was McGregor. I don't know if yeah. McGregor should have been fighting. Either the McGregor fight or yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, get, get that bag. Get, get that bag. Well, <laughs> McGregor should be fighting because he has an open friggin' investigation against him for sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, you so. guys, you guys remember BJ Penn's fight next week, right? Yeah, as far as mm. I know, no one asked Dana White to comment on the the, the story. Yeah, that yeah. In the that in the yeah. Got, yeah. He's, 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 got BJ got a lot going on. on. We'll, we'll we'll see what commentary says. They He's even got a lot of personal demons. Bring the right, the right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that that that'll be yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll be the freeze. But yeah, man, 
Cerrone back. Yeah, man, Cerrone back at 55, which I forgot. Yeah, I'll be out new because I'll 55. But coming back to 55, and he, he looked great. He he looked great. We'll we'll see. We'll see what Cerrone does next. I mean, dude's a fan favorite, so I'm pretty sure whatever fight he has next will be a big one. Hey. Um. I'm the all for it. The amount of brain cells that would be lost. Um, See, I feel God, bad now because I talked about Bob a little earlier. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Cerrone Gaethje. Yeah, Cerrone Gaethje will be. That would be something. That would be but, something. But um. Yeah, just congrats, yeah, just congrats to Cerrone, man. That was an awesome, awesome performance. And um. And um. Speaking of awesome performance. That was. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Thank God this is the main event because that was this literally was the peak of the card. There there were a couple of good fights after this, like literally a couple, like literally like two and a positive. So I didn't see the Matt Sill fight, but I'll take word for it that it was solid. And you know what? I ain't gonna do this. I like Macy's fight. Shout out to Macy's. We'll get there. So much of a fight, so much of a slow slaughter. But it was something. Um, all right, y'all. Right, so I don't know who. I don't know who. The UFC and the UFC organization. I was looking at the order of this card and said, "No, it would be a great idea." Rock co main event. Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. I so, I get it. I'm not hundred percent on this. Wasn't this supposed to be the main event? At some point, yeah. Hmm. It might have been. It might have been. 100% on that. It's like... Cause it, it was one of the first It was fights. one of the first, it was like, the first fight they announced for the card. Yeah. yeah. Which was not a good sign. It should have been an omen. Mm. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Co-main uh, event, man. Derek Brunson, Elias, Theodore Room. Shout out to, um, what's his name? Phil Mason on Tumblr? Brent Mason. Brent Mason. Uh, what's the guy who replies to, uh, Joey? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, has, yeah, the he has the greatest. This might be the greatest summation of what Elias Theodore is like. When he, he said, I've never seen somebody weaponize their lack of athleticism like this before. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! With that. Yeah, that that is the truest statement of 2019. That is the realest thing anybody has said this year. This fight, this fight, I knew this fight was gonna like piss me off. I knew I was gonna watch this fight and probably roll my eyes a couple times. Good lord! But good lord! Um, it somehow it somehow exceeded my expectations of how bad it was. Um, so bad. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and you guys know, man. We, and you guys know, man. We, we we're fair on this we podcast. We give people their credit when it's due, even if it's people we don't. We don't really like. We don't really like or care for. But no. But no. Trust us. This this, this, us, this, this was bad. On all accounts. On there all accounts. One exciting moment bad. in this fight, and it was when Derek Brunson decided in the third round that he wasn't going to be afraid of Elias Theodorus. Trip hammer back karate chop, <laughs> and we just rush in and take him down. So he picks him up above his head and just like kind of falls back with him for the slam. 
And then yeah. the fight continued. It yeah. was really boring. Elias did a, Elias lot, of did a lot of movement and a lot of motion that meant nothing. Like, I, I joke, like we jokingly call it shadow boxing. But if you saw a man shadow boxing like that in the gym, you'd probably laugh at him. It was a lot of side to side motion, a lot of kicks that just meant nothing. Shasta Joey, I guess he coined the term. This was a slow time kick where Elias Theodoru tried. He jumped off the cage and did something, but it was it's the perfect summation of what's wrong with Elias Theodoru's game. In that, remember the Showtime kick. Pettis goes towards Bendo. Bendo exits to his, to his right. So Pettis runs up the cage and uses that to vaunt to his right, or to his left, to throw the kick back, right? What Elias Theodoro does is, as he's circling away from Derek Brunson, he runs to another corner of the cage <laughs> and proceeds to just put his leg on it, turn around, and then throw a kick that I don't even think it broke the plane of his body. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was uh, a kick only in so much as that it got his one foot in front of the other, and then he got tired and stopped. <laughs> I was so, I was angry, so at angry at Brunson this fight because it was like, I get it, like I get it, like Theodore was doing a lot of movement, but none of these, but strikes, none of these strikes are consequential. Like. You're not going to get caught with any of these kicks. That standing hammer fist is not going to be a KO shot. Listen, being reckless isn't the best thing, and it's cost Brunson in some of his earlier fights. But if there was one fight where you could have just been like, all right, man, forget what you're doing. I'm about to just, you know. This was that fight. This was the fight to just be like, you doing all this spinning stuff. I'm going to just tap you on the chin a couple times, and I want to go home. Exactly. And I get it, like, the first round, all right, play it easy. I've had a history where I got reckless and I've been knocked out before. All right, cool. I get it. I'll give you a pass on the first round. Second round, bro, at least by, like, the middle of the second round, when you realize that none of these kicks are of anything of consequence, and all he's doing is just doing this really awkward side-to-side motion, and I'll, I'll throw a spin kick, but it, you know, it's, like, off-balance and off-kilter, and it's just not... It's not even really like landing at full force, and then his, you know, he has half a jab and a standing hammer fist that Brunson, if you don't, if you don't just throw your hands and just knock this man out, and Brunson just played it safe, like he said, except for that one time. Tired after the first round, it was like I can't catch this man, which might be the, this might be even sadder. Because like Theodoro was fast, he was just moving. Right, and it's, not like he landed, and it's not like he landed anything that would like wear you out. Like it was just this fight was a lot of nothing. Like literally outside of that one slam that Brunson landed, this fight was just nothing. Just a lot of movement and motion that meant absolutely nothing. Nothing was accomplished. Nothing was gained. Canada got to see their highest yeah. ranked Miss Martial Artist. Yeah. Yeah. Throw and. Uh, like, how did we get here, Canada? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's, what I was 
That's what I was trying to figure out this whole fight. Like, how did we get here? How did this become a thing? They used to be GSP. How? That fall off. Oof. Yeah, this 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 was not it. This was this was terrible. I've watched like lay and pray fights where like the one guy stands sits on top of the other guy for like 13 minutes that were more entertaining than this yeah this was bad yeah because this was bad because they were actually trying and the fight was right. still terrible right like we talked about this lewis and ganu more entertaining than because at least absurd you know right right this is absurd but not a yeah. This was trying. absurd because they were trying and still bad. Like, it... It's a condemnation. This is... This, this top five worst fights ever. Possibly number one. It's up there. It's this up man there. put his whole foot on Derek Brunson's leg. Did not kick it. He just placed it on his foot. As a, like, <laughs> yeah. as a guard. Three different times, and Derek Brunson could do nothing to stop him. Yeah. Well, in the end, Derek Brunson won a unanimous decision, but we all lost the fight 30-26 by watching. Um, nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. Do better. Do better. You know, you know what, when fights are bad, like this at middleweight, you know what they should do? They should lower Yoel Romero into the cage. <laughs> <laughs> you, you both have to fight. You both have to fight. Exactly. Third round comes around. <laughs> the ref's like, okay, instead of a red, car, a yellow card, I'm just going to get Yoel, push the Yoel Romero button, and he drops down into the cage and knocks open the mouth. <laughs> and on top of that, the bare knuckle FC guy's coming out, and he's got an announcement for you. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 was, this was horrid. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And like, if this fight had not happened, like, I'm curious if our moods would be better. But I was already pretty miserable by the time the main card started. So what do I know? Yeah. And this just this made it so much worse. Jesus Christ. But that was that fight. Brunson but that was that fight. Brunson won, but really nobody won. We all lost by watching. It was it was god awful, to be honest. Moving on. Though. Moving on though. Mo- moving on. To a fight that was at least entertaining. To the actual last good fight on the card before we have to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Of fights that we'll just briefly mention and then skip. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, I'll <laughs> <laughs> I was almost about to skip ahead and just give Walt Harris a quick shout out <laughs> for being a, for, for being a, <laughs> a small bright spot on the start. We'll, we'll, we'll get to him. He's not too far away. Harris hear that with his name. That he's the bright hey, spot of a course. Hey, and I'll, I'll give him the flowers. There was not a lot of flowers to hand out in this card, buddy. Uh, but at Featherweight, we had Shane Burgos versus Cup Swanson. Looking at the main um, card, I knew that if everything else let me if down, everything else let me outside, down main event, outside the main event, that this fight should at least be fun to watch. And it, it was pretty fun. Um, really close. Really close, just... Right, close, 
Close, well, all right, close, I guess, depending on who. I'll, I'll, I'll say competitive. I'll, I'll say competitive. Competitive. Kickboxing, like kickboxing, technical, like technical kickboxing matchup. Kickboxing matchup where to me it just kind of seemed like. Um, um, I feel like Cub. I feel like Cub could have done better in this fight. Had he. I feel like he was looking for. A I feel lot like he was of, looking like, for a lot of like. Shot. Power shots. I feel like if we just would have threw like just more like combinations. Like maybe this would have. Like maybe this would have. And I don't remember what the stat said. I don't remember who. Like they, they were really close. Like Burgos. Yeah. Like up yeah. until the third round, Burgos was just like ahead like a combined like six strikes through two rounds. It's weird. It's, 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 it's weird. Like it, it seemed like Cub just could have like done like a little. And it's not like he like he was horrible. Like shot. they both landed shots. Just, it was a lot of them just. We're gonna stand and trade. We're gonna stand and trade. I'm gonna try to slip some of your I'm punches. Try to slip some of your punches. I'm gonna try to return my own. I'm gonna try to return my own. Um. um <laughs> I think you mentioned. <laughs> I think you mentioned this. I've seen some other people mention it too. That Burgos still kind of does that, does that, thing, does that thing where he kind of still line. moves in a straight yeah. line. Like, Bur- there's a, like that's um, the thing. Like Burgos defense isn't a problem. It's the fact that he enters the pocket the exact same way every single time and guys catch him not just like like while he's there like he will just sit there and stare at you right right you you have to move a little bit more and i I don't know if that's just like a style thing or if it has to do with his spine because you know he had spinal surgery years and years ago so he doesn't have he's maybe not as mobile as he used to be but like you it's one thing to get in exchanges in the pocket. It's another thing, like, to be a little bit more like a Vis- uh, not like Vasilya Machenko, but like a, like a TJ Dillashaw, who is great at fighting in the pocket, and people struggle to hit him there because he's not just throwing volume, but he's also moving around while he's there. Right. Right. But with Cub Swanson, I think the problem was is like he just doesn't have the pop he used to have. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, like, a lot of those like power shots that he was, power shots that he was like landing just didn't, like landing just didn't, didn't have that same effect. Didn't have that same effect that I, I think he was expecting. And, and that and Burgos is actually pretty pretty, uh, pretty big. Uh, pretty big featherweight. Pretty big featherweight. I, you know, I don't think Burgos is a big featherweight by like today's standards. When you have like a Max Holloway and another Moicano and you know all these other dudes, but I do think it just shows that like the division's gotten bigger since. Swanson was like a top five fighter. Right. Right. Yeah, because he never. Yeah, because he never. Even when he landed. Like, even when he landed shot, like clean really shots, he was to, never really able to. He couldn't really like. Back he couldn't really like back right. Burgos like, up. Bur- Burgos, like, was, just Burgos was just still able to just. I'm just gonna keep plotting forward. And if we're gonna stand and trade, then we're just gonna stand and trade. And. Burgos landed a lot. Of Burgos landed a lot of good. They, they combinations. Both they moments, they both had good like, moments, but it just seemed like Cub never really, Cub never really gave Burgos enough, gave to, worry Burgos enough to worry about. Where he had to like slow down, he had to like or, slow down he or comfortable. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bur- Burgos is just all like swagger and confidence when he's in there. So, <clears throat> and, and yeah, I, I and, think that yeah. Just, I, I think that just, he, really he couldn't give Burgos really about, too much to worry about. So Burgos was just able to. Plot for like I said, still probably need to move that head a little more. Angles, but. Some angles, but. Do it. He was like, we, we see him do it, like we see him slip and rip all the time. It's just like at a certain point in fights, he's just like, no, I'm gonna just bang with you. Right. It's really weird. Right. 
If he, I yeah. think he's like another, one other thing. He's not as powerful a puncher as like. I think he recognizes. I think I think we saw a lot less like, oh, I'm going to throw this overhand right as hard as I can in this fight from him, from from Burgos. Like he 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 is not as big a puncher as like he thought he was when he first got to UFC. Where he where he was like knocking Gato Fredo Pepe Pepe down like eight times in the fight. All right, all right. Like it, like there, there there was a lot more touch combinations here, which I think is good for him, because he tends to get knocked out when or knocked down when he tries to overcommit on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of I mean, that's kind of like touch and go. You know, this was one of those fights where it just kind of works. He just needs like, the go part. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. He just went, and that's just that's pretty much how that happens. Pretty much how that happens. How it went. Um, but no, nah, it was it was a competitive uh, fight, and just which Cub just kind of you know kind of came up. Yeah. This is this yeah. is the um, yeah, Calvin Gastelum Jacare fight. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Cub is just kind of. Yeah, he's still good, but you know, you know. It's just one of those realization like moments where it's like, man, he's, you know, he's in like his mid thirties. Think he's about thirty five, and it just that sting just is, not, sting there. Just is it's not there as, as much as it used to be. Um, because um, like all his power was at like not all his power, but um, a good amount of his power was just straight up athleticism. It, like it wasn't like like Gennady Golovkin still has power at like thirty seven years old. Like it's not that type of power. All right. It, All right. It's athlete power. It's the type of power Henry Cejudo has, where all the power comes from just like how quickly they're able to transfer power, as opposed to how much of their weight they're able to transfer. Uh, uh, he ended up losing a. He ended up losing a. Uh, actually went to a split decision, but. Burgos got the uh, win, win nonetheless, uh, and for Cub, that's in a row. three in a row. Four in a row. Because it was both Edgar and uh, Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah. Still obviously really good. Like he's still obviously, re- um, he's still fun to watch. It's just. It's like, it's disheartening because these are fights he probably could have won like in twenty fifteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just. But it's just you lose some sting, and then like since he's kind of been the top guy, this division has like really gotten better just in terms of talent. So it's like they're. It's not like it really even on the level of fighting a guy like Burgos. It's it doesn't really get still much easier. Like there's so much talent in this division now. That, um, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah man. I don't know. Yes, it's, it sucks. Is, you know, Cub, Cub is, you know, WC guy, man. I've always been a fan, so sucks, it kind of sucks, but I don't know. I don't know. Might be seeing the last of the, the best of him. Um, but congrats to Burgos. Solid, solid performance on a card that was in need of more <laughs> solid performances. Right. Moving on. Mo- moving on to, uh, yeah, we're gonna breeze through, breeze through some of these. Uh, some of these. Uh, <laughs> at Bantamweight, Rob Devajvili versus Brad Katona. All I took from this fight was that Devajvili was able to take Katona down. Katona couldn't offer much. 
resistance, I guess, so to speak. Bosch really a little stronger, a little bigger. Three rounds, took him down, did what he did. Not a lot of... Gonna be a problem for her in that band because, like, I mean, look at the top of this division. Like, who is not a physical specimen or really quick or really athletic or hits really right. hard? Like, All right, it, like, he has a good, nice middling, like, kickboxing game working for him, but like, he's not. Like, he's not, he's not, like, a technician in the way, like, a Dominic Cruz is or something. And he doesn't really have any, like, And he doesn't really have any, like, specialty, like, 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 yeah, there's no, there's no resource he can dig in his pocket and just be better than the opposition at. All right. And, All right. And a, a couple of years ago, a, a couple of years ago, meddling kickboxing, because I keep around for a little bit. I keep around for a little bit. I mean, it won, it won guys, like, Scott Jorgensen got a freaking title shot off of this. Right. Right. But now, nowadays, now, nowadays, this division completely is different completely game. different nowadays, ball you have game. Played Petr Jan. And yeah. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You got guys like yeah. that. Yeah. You got guys around. like that running around. Uh, yeah. It's not. Uh, it ain't sweet. It ain't sweet. Yeah, that you have to be it is not sweet. In ways that I don't think Bracket Tone ever is gonna be. Like it, oh, I, I hate to say, I, so. I hit the right and do it all because he's how young and he did do. Yeah, like, it's like it's weird because he's been one of Canada's best prospects. Him and what's the dude, Hakeem Dewadu. It just kind of sucks, you know, because like you you want these dudes to do well, so like Canada has somebody. I will say though, going to SBG Ireland probably not the best move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember they, they mentioned that. Yeah, I remember the they, they mentioned that during the broadcast. I was like, ooh. I'm about that move, buddy. I'm about that move, buddy. Don't know how many. Uh, Don't know how many uh, quality. Uh, not not to say you know any there aren't there, any talented fighters there, but iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens uh, iron. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, the gym culture is bad. I don't know. I, I don't have confidence in John Kavanaugh like these other people seem to do. Like, I don't think he's the mastermind behind Conor McGregor. Right. Like, that right. seems pretty obviously to be, well, well, for starters, I think McGregor is one of those fighters who really take control of his camp and understands the nuances of style versus style. And uh, his boxing coach, whose name escapes me at the moment. But I, n- I never got the I never got the young genius on the rise vibes that people were getting from um, John Kavanaugh. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna. Take yeah, I don't know if he's gonna take a tone and turn him into some world beater. Right. World beater. That was that was that was that fight. Congrats to Debosh Billy. He won the uh, unanimous decision. Moving on to heavyweight. On to heavyweight. Walt Harris versus Sergey Spivak. I'm gonna say it like that. But. Porsche Spivak, he got beat up. Uh, so, so I, uh, I watched a little bit of Spivak take tape before, um, like not a whole bunch. I think I just watched his fight with like Tony Lopez, and he, he's basically just a gra- like he's a wrestler who likes to take people down and beat them up from the top. But none of that what you did. None of that what you did in this fight. Like his, he, he he struggled <laughs> to take down like fifty year old Tony Lopez, and it's at that point you just realize, okay, this dude. 
Yeah. As soon as Walt just started letting his hands go to fight him. He realized immediately that that had no... No... Yeah. He let them hands fly. He threw a couple knees. Sergey turtled up on the ground, and that was it. Um, I mean, congrats to Walt and the card that was in desperate need of finishes. He went out there, got him out in 50 seconds. And yeah. All right. All you got to do is get a finish. And extra 50k. Extra 50k. I wouldn't have made. <laughs> so. Yeah, congrats to Walt Harris. Though look look really good. Hands look sharp. Um, I think they did mention that he uh, switched training camp. He did something different for this camp. Um, I think he did say he switched camp. Went he went somewhere else to get some different training partners to like mix things up. So you know, train with the same team that you know found me. I can't remember. I can't remember. He might have been. <laughs> right, but you know, whatever he did, man, that switch up I guess it worked. How much you have to switch up? You know, congrats nonetheless. Way to throw some hands and knees you know, knees out there. Harris, so congrats to Walt Harris. That was a good good, good, good performance, great finish. Good, good performance, great finish. Uh, last fight on the main card, uh, last fight on the main card Andrew uh, Sanchez Mark, uh, versus Andre. Mark Andre. How do you say his last name? Baralt? Mark Andre. We go go Mario. This 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 fight was like, this fight was like this fight was everything this fight was everything that makes up like it had exciting like moments, it had exciting but moments but was boring at the same time yeah this somehow. is the perfect middleweight fight like like this fight was very non this fight was very non sequential uh, in terms uh non uh non whatever whatever yeah um in terms yeah of like, in terms of like the fight didn't really mean much in terms of like ranking to be honest I don't think either of us are gonna look at one of these guys and be like yeah he's gonna be next up. It's kind of just a fight that happened. Um, I remember just Baralt had, I remember a, nice just Baralt had a nice flurry. I think it was the second round. He clinched got off a lot of good shots, had Andrew Hurt. But then there were just other, moments, there were just the other moments of the fight where there wasn't just a really, there a, lot wasn't just a, really a lot going on. It was um, a lot of Sanchez pressing burials uh, into the cage, like riding him from the top, but not quite getting the position. Like just, just, just a lot of like visual fight, white noise. Perfect way. Perfect way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Outside. Yeah. Of, outside of the few moments where they kind of, moments where they I, kind mean, of they didn't I mean, they both were going for it, but it just wasn't a very aesthetically pleasing fight. Outside of fight outside of a few moments here or there. Like, I like um, what uh, Burial was doing in the clinch. Like you said in that second round, like. When he would throw that right hand and would grab around the head and just start, like, just machine-gunning body shots, like, that was really cool. Because then he would, like, out, like, he would, like, throw the knee, you'd see Andrew Sanchez go to break, and then Barry would hit him on the break. But there just wasn't enough of that, and, like, he had no way to close distance in a consistent way. Like, he wasn't jabbing, he wasn't cutting the cage off. So, like, Sanchez would just, like, see the overhand coming and just duck out. And the only times he didn't do that is when he was just too tired to do it. So he just sat there and ate it. Yeah. And that led to, that led to Sanchez winning a decision. Fans were angry. Fans were angry. Uh, 
I mean, uh, I'm not gonna really protest. I'm not gonna really protest it because, to be honest, I, I really care. I didn't really care. Too, like the only Canadians who won on this card were at the very beginning of the card. Yeah. Everybody else. Uh, Everybody else. Uh, not 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 yeah. so lucky. Not 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 so lucky. I mean, I, I like to point but, out one of those Canadians beat another Canadian, so that didn't really count. <laughs> 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 they just canceled each other out. But congrats but, to Andrew Sanchez, nonetheless. He got a unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to uh, the ESPN, ESPN, ESPN Plus prelims. One of the few uh, good spots on the prelims. Fights I was looking forward to. Macy. Chiasone versus Sarah Moraes. Um. Like Sarah had a good like thing Sarah had a good thing going like in the beginning, like, like she got a takedown like pretty quick. I remember her having like I remember her having like a pretty a solid up first until round. like the last ninety seconds of it. Yeah, she was pretty, she pretty much did whatever she wanted. Yeah, I, I shouldn't yeah. even say that. She got on top and held position. I don't think she got that much like damage done from the top. But she was she was passing. She got to like half guard. I don't think, I don't think she got all the way to side control. I think. When she tried to, um, JSN was able to get to her knees and then get the reversal. And then the fight started. Yeah. Once, yeah. uh, once, once, Macy, uh, got once going, Macy got to going. <laughs> once she got on top. Oh my god. Yeah, violence. Yeah, violence ensued. The um, best, the, I guess the most interesting part of this fight was listening to JSN's corner. Just beg for her to go for position. Or beg for her to not just sprint at Moraes. Because <laughs> that's how she got taken down in the first round. She sprinted at Sarah Moraes, and Sarah just ducked under and got the takedown. But, like, at the end of the first round, when she's on top, and, like, Moraes is going for, like, a, like she, her corner's, like, begging her, go to side control, go to mount, it's there, just get the position, please, Macy, stop. <laughs> and, like, and, and, like the thing is, like Macy's landing shots, but like at the same time, Morass is going for a leg, and like she's canceling out, any, and she's creating enough distance to where like she's able to survive it in the round. Where like if Jessen had just gone for the mount, which she did in the second round, after a corner begged her to listen to them. Yeah, you could have probably got. Yeah, you could have probably got this over yeah. with. Yeah. And, and yeah. To her credit, she went out there in the second. She did just that, but it's, it was just really funny. It was just like. Wow, she really just did not give a damn about her corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you know, I guess better late than never. Second, second round comes around, yeah, she, yeah, she ends up getting on top, yeah, and, uh, and uh, things violent really things happen. Really, just keep beat the world competition. Like, I was gonna say this, this division needs Macy, like. We just need her to be good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like I, I hate to put Morass in, in the same like story, but like have women. I don't call for them to be for somebody who's making her debut in the next fight. <laughs> just let them beat on her. Like somebody like they need somebody to have her. Yeah. Because man doesn't able to start out the fight again. She won't be uh, okay, she won't be eligible for November. So, want to get her back up there. Um, ooh, ooh, I, I, I can't even tell you who. Um, run over there. 
just brewing over uh, there. Wow. From here on out, it's just top 15 <laughs> I forgot there are only 18 mm-hmm. women in this division. Jeez. Uh, Marco versus Melissa Gatto next week. Give her that. There you go. There you go. Mind you, Melissa Gatto is like a strawweight fighting at 135 or whatever. Yeah, I'm Macy's a uh, big, big girl. Macy's a big girl. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just, I just want to see Macy do good. Just give anybody a reason to be halfway excited about this division, even if it's just a, a handful of people. Uh-huh. Sign bodies for her to beat up at this point. Like, that, that, that's all, like... Yeah, because feather, Featherweight ain't it, so... Signing Featherweight. Sign one woman right now, but you know, better. Or not did they matter, but they made a reminder. Um, this is how, this is how people type. Oh, so right. many, like, bodies at them that they demolished, and people question whether they're really actually good. And then eventually they'll answer that question with a yes or no. But this is how people get hyped. And I'll give it a pass in this division because it's so bare. Like, it's just, there's nothing, there's nothing here outside of, like, yeah, there's just nothing. Yeah, so this division will get a pass. Let her beat up on some games. Caroline, uh, Carolina Rosa, and have her fight her. Lucrezia, Lucrezia, uh, Rhea, and go have her fight her. Like, just don't don't give her a top fifteen, top ten person who she might either she beats and it's in a way that it's like okay she's not ready, or she loses and she loses all her steam. All right. Like all right. you can protect people. Like I, I, I know why MMA fans don't like that about promoters or that protects people, but like when you have something that could potentially pay out. Why risk it? And it's just, yeah. I, and it's I'm just, making, uh, I, I'm making an exception for this just because of the division that it's in. Like, if this division was so rich in talent, like, I kind of like, all right, she just kind of gets what she gets and we'll see where she goes. But in a division that just really needs <laughs> just something, yeah, let's, let's let her get some highlights and then we can, then we can see what she's made of. But glad she got the win. She won by TKO second round. Um, Saying a lot, pretty much the rest of this card, man. I'm kind of like mentally, mentally checked out. Mentally checked out. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can do this. I got something to say about Hobby. I'll let you. You you can handle that one then. This fight was really disappointing because Vince Morales was really fun in the last two. As a UFC player, um, he got knocked out by Ricardo Ramos in his last fight. But I'm sorry, Ricardo Ramos, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, but you know, third round, oh, like what are you gonna do? I, but I didn't realize the hobby would fight like a dude who got knocked out in his last fight, and you know. Non-committal combinations, trying to point fight from range, um, and then Vince Morales. I, 
I'm, I don't know what happened, but like in the third round, he just realized that you know Zabi's is there to be hit, and he's slowing down. And why not? So he throws like he starts unleashing his combinations, pressuring more, and takes basically the only clear round of the entire fight. So props to Vince Morales for realizing down the stretch that you know what I have to have some urgency here. Or else I'm going to lose a hometown decision. And a fight that you can easily, exactly. you could easily win. He took, he took the initiative. I, I, I respect him for doing that in an otherwise dull fight. So that that's all I got to yeah. say. I, I, I like Morales. I've seen... I know Zahabi has a for that. He once had a 3.0 Bantam. He was trying to find like his groove. Um, so. it, it is what it is. I, I hope... I hope he does well. Fight was very pedestrian. Fight was very it was pedestrian. very pedestrian. So the third round, and then it was just okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. all I got. That's, that's all that I got. For that. But congrats to. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Vince Morales takes the United decision over uh, for us, Zahabi's brother. Um. Do you remember the Nordine Taleb versus Kyle Propelic fight? I remember a lot of. I remember a lot of. Kicks. I feel like there were a lot of legs. I feel like there were a lot of leg kicks. And I'm kind of mad because. And I'm kind of mad because this was supposed to have been Taleb versus Sire. Yes. And that, but but that could have been a really fun. Would fight. have saved this card. Yeah. Yeah. That. That could have been a fun. That would have been some blood. That that would have been a good fight. But. This fight. Like this fight wasn't like terrible in terms of better than some of the other fights on there, but it just it just wasn't. Just a little flat. It is white noise. Yeah. It was one of those fights that you watched and it was like, oh, this this thing just happened. Okay. I mean, like, Taleb had good moments. Like, I just remember him landing a lot of leg kicks. And he he looked decent, but it was just. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot going on. Not a lot of nothing. And to be honest, this is the last fight I can really comment on because I missed. Uh, these next two fights. These next two fights. I tried to watch the Juan Adams and Arjun fight, but I was watching it, but not really, was watching, it, but not really watching it because I was getting set up so for us to record. So <laughs> I, I, I can't really comment on anything else on this card because I just didn't really, I didn't really see anything. Um, Matt Sales uh, submits Kyle Nelson via arm triangle in the third round of their fight. Um, if you guys don't remember, Matt Sales was the dude that Dominic Cruz was masturbating over. Um, when he fought Sherman Moresh. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that was the so, But, you know, he, he put up good performance in his first fight in the UFC. Um, he did well here. Um, beat the crap out of Kyle Nelson in the first round. Got taken down. The guy's back taken in the second. Almost got rear naked choked. In the third round, they were both really tired, but sales held him with pep um, in his step. Nelson shoots what well, has to be one of the ugliest, most like unnecessary. I'm super tired. I just want this to be done. Takedowns I've ever seen. Sales instantly gets hit to Mel as Nelson falls backwards. After Sales puts up like the most basic resistance to his takedown attempt, gets the arm triangle, and like two seconds later gets the tap. Um, just all right performance from Sales. Um, survives some trouble. I worry about. I think Sales is going to have like a very Ross Pearson esque career in the UFC long term because like he's 
too skilled to be like not in the UFC. But I just, I don't think he's the athlete he needs to be to compete with the best at 145. But that's really that, that's really it from this one. Um, Arjun Bula versus Juan Adams. Juan Adams is really green, like really really green. Like in the first round, Bula and him tied up a bunch in the clinch, and Bula was just like every time. And Bula is substantially smaller than no Adams. Like I think he's like five ten and. I don't believe that for a second. This is six five. wasn't like bullying him around in the clinch. He was like landing like really nice knees and like uppercuts and uh, like every time they would break, he would leave with a punch. Um, Adams was doing not well but okay from distance. Like he would he he, he cracked Bowler a few times, but it was nothing really. I mean, the size difference made it look worse than it really was. Bowler was having success with the jab. Um, he shot for a few takedowns and basically got all of them. Um, got on top. Did not do much with the position. Um, basically just sat there because if he tried to move Adams would fuck and turn him over because he was so damn big. But uh, Bowler ends up taking the, the UD. Um, I saw a lot of people had Adams win the fight. In all fairness, he did land more strikes, but I think the I think Bowler's wrestling just carried him over the top. And a lot of the shots he landed up like, were just really clean looking. Like the type of stuff you can cut into like the clean round highlights. Mm. So, you know, props to Bowler. He called out um, Andre Arlovsky. He called out Andre Arlovsky after the fight. He said he wanted to neuter him. Which is really weird because he's had four uh, stoppage. Uh, he's lost four in a row. Um, and then Cole Smith versus Mitch Gagnon. I did not watch, so I can't comment on that. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, Cole I didn't Smith either. Won, uh, Cole Smith won a be unanimous decision. I think this is actually the first I had been Mitch versus um. Uh, this was a replacement fight. Uh, this was a replacement fight too. I can't remember. Kelleher. Kelleher was supposed to have fought. But, but don't know how the performance. Don't know how the performance was, but congrats to Cole Smith. He won the unanimous decision. Uh, Arjun, don't be disrespecting our last well, For starters, like don't call it a dude who's on a four-fight losing streak. Right. <laughs> well, right. Don't call it the dude who beat him. Yeah, chill out. Yeah, chill out. Chill out, homie. But, um... But, um... That was UFC Ottawa. That was UFC um, Ottawa. Um, to be honest, guys. To be honest, guys. Outside of... If you missed this card... If you missed this card... Watch the Ronnie Ockwinter. Watch the Awesome, just amazing fight. Watch Virgo Swanson. Watch Virgo Swanson. Uh, if you want to watch... Uh, if you want to watch Walt Harris, dispatch somebody in 50 that. seconds. Go watch that. Yeah, maybe watch the, uh, and maybe watch uh, the uh, Macy fight. Uh, Chia Song fight. Everything else. Everything else. Hard pass. Hard pass. Like, Steve Nash pass. Steve Nash pass. Steve pass Jason Kidd pass. pass Steph Curry pass. pass LeBron pass. Just pass. Just don't. Pass. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> you don't have to do that to yourself. We did it so you didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, yeah. We went through that so you ain't have to go through that. Um. Because outside of those few bright spots, boy, this card was not it. Um, but Bellator Birmingham was fun. So go back and watch that. Watch that main card. Like I said, it was all of like 12 minutes. Go back and watch that. Go back and watch that. That was fun. Go check out the one championship card. I don't even remember what it's called, but go watch it. Probably was good. LFA, I heard, had some good finishes. So go look up on that. And Canelo, 
and Jacobs was a pretty competitive fight. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that Ortiz KO. Um, that was name again. That was name again. Ortiz and uh. Oh, Herrera. Came from the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That was, that was only Canelo yeah, Card. Yeah. Go, uh, Go watch that uh, uh, finish. Uh, finish. Pretty brutal. Uh, <laughs> brutal. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. Not the greatest UFC. Not the greatest UFC. Very young. Like Very young. Outside of like I said, outside highlight of those few moments highlight moments that we mentioned. Uh, pretty forgettable. Uh, pretty to be honest. honest. Uh, but next week, um, but next week should be um, much better. Um, there's a lot going down. There's a lot going down next week. We got. Chandler we got Pitbull Chandler versus Pitbull PFL. for PFL. I mean, that's it. For Bellator 221. Um, and that card has, heat has some heat on it. You got Chandler Pitbull. Um, you got Lima versus MVP. You got AJ McKee versus Pat Curran. Jack Swagger's back. For anybody who cares, Taiwan Claxton's on the card. So that's going to be a fun one. Definitely go over Mel Cotton's on there also. So go definitely watch that card, man. That card is going to be fire. And then on the same token, UFC will be back next week also. So we'll have another week of... You know, double dose between the UFC and Bellator. Um, so we'll have UFC 237 with uh, Rose Yunez versus Jessica Andrade. Also on that card, um, we got Anderson Silver versus Jared Cannonier. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, who else? Who else you got? Francisco Trinaldo. Sixty-year-old lightweight. He's on here against uh, Carlo Diego Ferreira. Got Tiago Alves on the card versus Oriano Starpoli. Um, or got Clay Guida and BJ, but we won't mention that. I mean, um, he's going to pay for his crimes when Clay Guida gets on. Oh, you got a little nug. He's little, back. I'm mad at that because he keeps winning. And he, 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 yeah, he, he a little up there and beat. I'm rooting for but not like, but like both of these cards between Bellator and uh, the UFC would be really good. And then we also got PFL coming back to monopolize Thursday night. She's about to go out there and win like a million dollars. Yes, sir. I got Kayla Harrison versus Fetlana Katova. You got Magomed, Magomed Karamov versus John Howard. Ray Cooper the third is back. Sarah Kaufman's on the card. Um. Uh, Sadabusi, right. I'm saying that right. Um, I don't know who's in. I don't know who's in. I, I don't know if Kayla Harris the main event because this was supposed to be Lewis Taylor versus Chris Curtis, but Lewis Taylor, if you guys know, who's the middleweight who won the million dollars last year, he actually will not be competing this year. Um, for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. Harris and she probably should be. Yeah, she should be. Yeah, she should be. Yeah, she she's. She's she's the star. She has um, the most media potential yeah, of, of the group. Uh, yeah. So. Oh. But yeah, no, I, I like a lot of these other fighters on the card. Um. Uh, what's his name? The the Russian dude, the six and zero Russian dude. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh Ramad is um. He's a, a uh ACB dude. Really fun. Um. Oh, Dalziel, Ian's uh, lightweight. Um, she's been, you know, doing her thing on the uh, the the regional circuit, trying to get fights for like five years. So, she, you know, 
potentially playing three times in one summer. You know, that's great for her. And, you know, I hope she does well. Uh, Jenna Fabian, I know from Muay Thai for beating Charmaine Tweet. If you remember her from Invicta. Um, mm. you know, Andre Fial, uh, Filo, Portuguese fighter, who was a uh, Bellator alum. So I'm happy to see a shot at a million dollars. Shout out to PFL in general, man. They've, since the laundering scheme, you know, there's a home. Like, you need to fight. All right. And, like, just right. their, their and like just their, like their whole turnover, like this whole rebrand since WSOF, has actually been pretty good. Like, the quality of their prices went up, the production qualities went up, they're on ESPN. Shout out to PFL, man. I like what they're doing over there. Um, so that was pretty much it for today's episode. Um, so like we said, man, go go watch Bellator. Go watch Canelo Jacobs. Watch like four fights from uh, UFC Ottawa. And then do not watch the rest of the card. You did not miss anything. <laughs> but that's uh, pretty much it for today's episode. So we will close, as always, with uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, <laughs> this ain't even really a shout out. This ain't even really a shout out. I just wanted to mention it. I don't know if you saw the uh the uh, Houston Golden State game. See Steph Curry missed that layup. Did see him miss a dunk? He had a dunk. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a shout out or a shot. I just wanted to mention it because it was like hilarious. Um. But that that was. But that that was the thing. Shout out to Portland and Denver for going to quadruple overtime. I woke up in the middle of the night at 1 a.m. to go to the bathroom and I was like, "This game is still on." Why? Why? Um. Yeah, but hey, people watched it. Apparently, it was a great game. Shout out to them. Really, my main shout out. Um. In a rare time. In a rare time, not for Bellator. I used the zone. I came home from work. I was bored. Nothing was really going on. So uh, I saw maybe like two people on my, like timeline, two people on my timeline tweeting about EFC. So I was like, yeah, no, I'll watch this on the zone. I don't got nothing else to do. Uh, so I watched um, EFC, so and their main event uh, was between a gentleman uh, named Igu Cabeza, who I'm giving my shout-out to. Um, he is the EFC featherweight champion. Can't remember his record. Uh, I think his only loss um, his only loss is to a UFC fighter. Can't remember who, though. But uh, he's like eight and one, or like nine and one, or something like that. But um, uh, Eagle Cabeza uh, knocked out Carlo Caput. Uh, this was EFC seventy nine. Uh, apparently Cabeza, and I didn't really know much about him. I didn't, really I didn't know anything about him. Um, I went back and watched some of his older fights after this one. But um, they were pegging him as a wrestler, so I was expecting him to go in and shoot some takedowns, and he did clinch uh, a couple times against the cage. But the fight ended because he blasted Caput and just took the man's soul. Um, and I've and I've <laughs> shout outs to the announcers. They they you know I'm not mad at people trying to big up their brand. And they were like, man, it's a shame that Cabeza hasn't been called up to like a major organization. Why would they want to believe you? Like people are 
But like they, they were saying, like this guy deserves to be in like some bigger fights because they keep bringing in international guys for him to fight. Apparently, he's running through everybody. And they were they were really big on like you know people sleeping here and what we're doing at EFC. I ain't mad. Y'all trying to big up the brand. I ain't mad at it. But no, I I looked at some of Cabasa's fights. Um, dude, he is pretty good. I don't know about the there's UFC. There's there parts of his game that worry me. Like, he does kind of just lunge in for shots. He looks like but he looks, like, deceptively like strong. Like, you look at him and you wouldn't think he hits as hard as he does. Um, so, he, he, he could come in. He's kind of a clipper guy. But the UFC featherweight division is really deep. He's one one with Danny Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. That was the one he lost. One one with Danny Henry. Um... But I could see him, like, after looking at a couple of his fights and, like, just kind of seeing his run... Um, I would say he's worth, I, I he's worth you know, if not the I UFC, like Bellator, I could see him in like a Bellator, a LFA, a LFA um, you know, he, you know, he definitely deserves, he, he definitely deserves I, I would say, a step up. So, if you guys don't know him, so, uh, Eagle uh, Cabeza is spelled I-G-E-U, Cabeza is spelled K-A-B-E-S-A. Um, give him a look. He, he's got a couple of good good KO wins. Um, apparently, he's, just, he's been holding it down in the UFC, so... Shouts to him, continuing his streak. Hopefully he gets the, uh, you know, hopefully he gets the big call that he's looking for, whether it be from UFC, Bellator, any of these other, you know, bigger organizations out there. Hopefully he he gets a look from somebody. So shout outs to Eagle Cabeza. That's uh, that's all I got. Um, can I call it a shot? I'm gonna call it a shot. Frank had a fight last night. Better be a uh. His IBF title is his name. He's from Bosnia. They're going to be uh, like I heard him. Uh, I get his name right. Um, there was a kid on the undercard named Gabriel Flores, who I think is signed to top rank. But has the majority of his promotion run through his manager, whose name is escaping me right now. And I found all this out on Twitter. Um, but they had a card in Stockton, and you know, Stokes texted us about this, about how he didn't know there was a, a top-ranked card in Stockton. And um, freaking the basically the 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 arena the uh the Stockton ar- arena was basically sold out because people wanted to see Gabriel Flores who was fighting in like a four rounder or a six rounder or something crazy like that like he's he, he's a young kid he's like 19 12 and 0 he's... after his fight basically everyone left <laughs> so ESPN <laughs> rolled around and they have these two title fights because the IBF World Super Flyweight title is also on the line with Jerwin Ancajas on it. And they basically fight in front of like a couple hundred people. Like top rank. Bob Arum. Bob Arum is supposed to be this dude who builds stars and stuff. He's struggling to sell arenas on the champion. Why are they in stock if they can't move tickets? Yeah. That's got to be disheartening. Like, you're like the headliner and you look out into the crowd and there's just nobody's there. 
all the chairs are coming from your family and the other family of the guy you're fighting. You can't stay local act if you want to you know, blow up as a regional dude or whatever. Like, take way around the country and one there. I mean, yeah. Maybe it's just the nature of popularity in sports nowadays. Like, it's just so hard to give these guys any type of attention. We live in a very... Like, we live in a culture where LeBron James has to be in the news every day. And that's just not going to happen with boxing. Like, that's not stupid. Yeah. Every week. Look next time. Better look next time. <laughs> I don't know. Better better luck next time. Yeah, that that sucks. Charles Flores though, he, he you know you got that's gotta feel good that you know half the crowd, I didn't say half, more than half, came out to just see you. You were you were the guy. So yeah. line around the building to see him. He is dealing. Keep an eye on him. Maybe in a couple of years it'll be a. It'll be somebody we we, we talking about. It'll, it'll pop up on one of these bigger cards or something. Um, but yeah, pretty much uh, it for today's show. Uh, we somehow stretched this out to about two fifty. I think it was the news mostly. To be honest, if there was no Bellator card and other fights, the podcast would've been like thirty minutes. But there was other. Uh, about two fifty. Yeah. But most of it yeah. was news and the other fights. Yeah, if there was no, if there was just the UFC this weekend, this podcast would have been mad but short. But we give you guys good to- content every week. You know, we cover news and all that. So, you know, even when fights are boring, we, we try to find ways to keep things entertaining around here. MMA guys, MMA guys don't, you know, some weeks they don't give us, uh, they don't give us anything. But anywho. Start this week. Have something to talk about. Well, next week will be fun. Like I said, we got we'll have like three cards to talk oh, about. So I forgot. You know, shout out to moms because by uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. So if you're listening to the week of uh, what is it, May fifth, uh, you know, shout out to you. Make sure to remember to do something special for your mom. Get your card early. Don't wait till the day of. Get your reservations <laughs> ready like five months ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Find a nice picnic in the park. Do what you gotta do. I got Mother's Day. I got Mother's Day, my little brother's birthday, and then my mom's birthday next month. That is a lot. That's a lot. Cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh pretty much it for today's episode. Always, man. always, man. Give us a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. Spotify, Google Play, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. Please continue to share, repost. It helps us out a lot. Give us a rating if you come here and chill with us in the dojo every week, man. Go to iTunes and let people know how you feel. It, it, it means a lot. But um, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. 
And until next time, we will catch you guys later.